Once, in a time before time, God breathed life into the universe, and the light gave birth to angels, and the earth gave birth to man, and the fire gave birth to the jinn, creatures condemned to dwell in the void between the worlds. One who wakes a jinn shall be given three wishes. Upon the granting of the third, the unholy legions of the jinn shall be freed upon the earth. Fear one thing only in all that is. Fear the jinn. Other than your breakdown, how's the rest of your week been? Pretty good, pretty good. We're starting gearing up for a new area. Um, so we, I think it's next week, the end of next week is the deadline for the current excavation site that we've got. Mm. Um, so I've been setting up the, the next one to do basically, it's just down the road. So laying out fencing and getting my head around which way the machines are going to go. There's, it's like three fields... Um, but then there's a footpath that runs through a public footpath that runs through the middle that we've got to preserve and about hedges rows that have got to be preserved and trees that are being preserved and stuff like that. So there's a lot of messing around with, yeah, working mm. out one way systems and pedestrian routes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see, we'll see if the weather's good. Cause I think for the next couple of weeks, I'm just going to be stood watching that machine working and stripping the soil. So I'm hoping the weather stays good because it's just going to be a lot of standing around. If it's anything like it is now, like it's lovely down here. Uh, I mean, it's, it's about yeah. 20 degrees, yeah. And yeah, I mean, uh, we've had the same. So I'm hoping it stays. I'm hoping this is the start of nice, sunny summer weather. Yeah, same. I mean, it, I, do, do you ever get. I mean, I feel like you're uh, quite an extrovert, outdoory person anyway, because of what you do as well. But mm -hmm. do you ever get the guilt of like it's lovely outdoors the, the guilt and like i should be outdoors doing stuff but at the same time i kind of just want to maybe chill or do i got to do sometimes, something indoors sometimes but not when i'm not so much when i'm on site working yeah if yeah. i've got a long stint writing reports and i'm working indoors then yeah i'll think uh, it's you know saturday sunday whatever yeah. it's a nice day i probably should leave the house but when i'm on site I don't care really what the weather's doing on a weekend. I'm quite happy. I want to be in with my stuff and yeah, yeah, basically catch up with doing things. I don't usually get a chance to do during the week, gaming or movie watching or whatever. So yeah, I could definitely say the same. I think yeah, sure. Constantly active during the week, and it's like mm -hmm. those are the two days that yeah, happy to do a bit of work, but I just I need that downtime. Yeah, I need that bit of downtime. Um. But yeah, hopefully it sticks up. I mean, recording. It's not bad recording in the middle of the day. It's quite chill. Got nice natural daylight glistening mm -hmm. on my face. Um, as you can tell, I already started recording. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course you could tell. Of course you could tell. Um, I actually I actually had quite a good and nice little thing this week. I went to I went to the theatre. Oh, all right. I went a, bit nice. of, a bit of culture this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, on top of watching today's film. I mean, horror uh, movies are culture, but... Oh, especially this one. Um, 
I went to see the new show called Ain't Too Proud. It's the musical show about the Temptations group. Oh, okay. The Motown group. It's fucking great. Nice. I'm, I'm not the biggest, shall we say, Broadway musical fit. Like, mm-hmm. I think I, I saw Jersey Boys. I think I prefer the sort of biopics like that, you know, about the Yeah, yeah. Jer- rather I mean, Jersey than, Boys, my parents were big fans of that one. That was great. I, I think I prefer these to like, you know, your Wicked, your Phantom of the Opera mm-hmm. sort, of, sort of shows. But um, yeah, that was really good. That was really cool. Um, actually, to be able to say I've done something, most weeks nowadays I've been at work. Come home, yeah. sleep, work, come home, sleep. No, no, I did so. I went out to the, the public. I went out with the public at large this the week. The real world, <laughs> out into the real world. Yeah. And it yeah. wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad, and especially got upgraded seats as well, so that was quite tasty. Oh, very nice. Um, and as you can see uh, yourself and gentle viewers. The wall. The wall is upgraded. Um, it, there, there is. It's not quite horror, but there's some scary games there. But uh, my other passion in life, video games, the video game collection. Um, big. Oh, I'm seeing more PlayStation stuff. I think, but we got some Xbox, some 360 titles down there. Very, very good. We got the PS2s. We got the 360. We got a couple of Xbox Ones. We got the GameCube. We got the Wii. We got the Wii U. We got the Switch. We got the PS1. Oh yeah. And right at the bottom, which you can't see, all the way at the bottom is the Japanese collection. Ah. Um, and then, actually, what you can't see, what I'm going to show you right now, is up here. Ooh. Ooh. We have Golden Iron Collect- 64. The Collector's Edition Golden Iron 64. Um, a couple of other things need placing and scattering them around. we got my bobbly head crusty. Nice. What's the, yeah. uh, what's the other Simpsons thing next to that? This is, hang on, this is interesting. Friend of the show, Nick, you know Nick, um, from your D&D days. Yes. You got me this, my birthday. This is a Simpsons, I can read your mind donut game. I don't know how it works. <laughs> I have no idea how it works, but oh, it's one of these collectibles that like, I just want to keep in its packaging. I mean, that's that's pretty unique, I'd say, as far as any yeah. merchandising goes. Yeah, but is it like the like the twenty questions, like the who am I? Um, I think so. The was it Akinator, the genie, the app with the genie? Um, yes, that sounds right. Where you you think of a celebrity or whatever and answer yes, yeah, it'd be that kind of thing. I believe that so, yeah, because the buttons on it are like uh, no, yes, uh, sometimes, uh, unknown. Uh, I have no idea. I've not really looked at it, but like I said, it's quite a cool piece of merch. So it kind of just is. It is part of the collection. It is what it is. Nice. And, um, yeah, yeah. It's the wall is building, but I think what I'm gonna uh, over time, I'm gonna have a new backdrop that comes up for the pod, spe- especially for the pod, a nice horror backdrop. And I haven't worked it out yet. Well, um, all my other stuff, like my NECA figures, are on display downstairs, along with my 4Ks, because they're they're. They're in the theatre. It's not a living room. Yeah. It's the theatre. The theatre, the home theatre. Yes, they're in the home theatre. So, you know, I can't... As much as I want everything in the cave, you've got to spread it out a bit. Yeah, you, yeah, so, yeah. you want the movies where you're going to be um, watching them. I did find these, though, which I'm rummaging through. I don't know why they were loose. They are the, the postcards for the Universal Monster oh, movie, nice. which we'll be doing next week, folks. Yeah. So, uh, I'm thinking I might, I might try and frame all these. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good I think that's 
the wall, the theatre. That's about me for uh, what we do. So I guess without further ado, then um, I guess I get I I reckon guess. it's a welcome back to the dragcast, folks. It's one Episode of those forty-two. Now right. this is the this is the problem. The longer we go, the harder this is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I I was struggling to remember which episode this was. It is forty two. I mean, I looked about five minutes before we started this call and still struggled to remember. <laughs> but yeah, forty two. Forty two, and um, yes, today's episode is a is night and day compared to last week. I'm no. glad you said that because no. I... I wasn't quite sure when you messaged earlier. Oh, when I said, what did I say? I said, uh, "Oh, this episode will be fun." No, I meant yeah. that. I you meant, meant that. that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I genuinely meant that uh, because last week, last week was fun. It was a fun rant, but yeah, yeah. the film in question was just dire. Was um, anything but fun. And I haven't thought about that film since. You know, it's no. It's not one that stuck with me. It was so bad. It's just I don't I'm waking care. up in the night with cold sweats, thinking, <laughs> oh. <laughs> "Oh, I've got to watch it it's again." Okay, you never have to watch it. It was just a movie. You never have to see it again. <laughs> <laughs> and it won't be part of the collection. That's for sure. Oh, not, um, not at all. Yes, welcome back to the Dreadcast, episode forty-two, with myself, Tom, and the lovely Aiden. Um. Hello. Today's episode, we will be doing Wes Craven's 1997. I want to say classic. I want to say, what's a good way to to sum it's, this up? I th- classic, classic classic falls in the in the classics. You know, like I think it's. I think there's. I think people have fond memories of this one. There was a couple. A couple of I people do. got in touch on Twitter um, when I posted that I was watching this for the pod. And they were like, "Oh yeah, great film." And I think, I think it's fondly remembered. Mm. Um, I agree. I'm. It, it, I must admit. I mean, that's how I. That's that's how I chose. Well, that's why I chose it because I have fond memories of it. And watching it, I think it held up to my memory of it. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not a. It's not a ten on ten bona fide must see classic, but I think it's. I think a lot of people have got ah yeah Wishmaster that was pretty fun. Oh, we're doing Wishmaster by the way, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a fun, fond romp down memory lane. How's it's that? very nineties. It's oh, I, we'll get to we'll <laughs> sure get to we'll all get of that. that. We'll get to all of that. Um, couple of notes before we do get into uh, today's episode, Wishmaster. You briefly mentioned the Twitter. Do check the Twitter out at the Dreadcast and the Instagram at the Dreadcast. And our personal Twitters are below. And you can find the podcast and all past content on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon, and YouTube. All by searching the Dreadcast. See, it's all very smooth. It's all one name. It all kind of works when it's just one name. You're getting you know, good at that. I'm rolling i have a big coffee as well going on <laughs> buzzing i'm buzzing i'm buzzing i'm buzzing let's go let's go big go 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 energy uh, you wait you give it about an hour into this pod and i'm gonna be tilting this chair and <laughs> you need to be careful with that <laughs> there we go there, there we, we go. go anyway 
A couple of couple of notes just before we do get into it. Something of interest. As you can uh, actually, we'll get before we even get to the wishmaster. I have been sent something that angered me. Oh, and I have to read it. It's a review of Netflix's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh. Four and a half stars out of five. What? <laughs> here, this is, here we go. What? A bloody triumph, the title. And it's quite long. I'm just going to skim through it. Sure. Netflix's 2022 rendition of TCM proves to be a blood-drenched triumph, delivering a chilling and masterfully created horror experience. False. Um, from the opening scene, the atmosphere is thick with tension, drawing viewers into the sinister world of Leatherface and his family. False. <laughs> the cast... Here, here's a good one. Here's a good one. The cast's performances are commendable, breathing life into the well-known characters. There were there was only two well-known characters in this film. Um, while infusing them with fresh perspectives. One the standard... Yeah. The standout is Mark Burnham, who delivers a captivating portrayal of Leatherface. Nope. Striking a delicate balance between monstrous brutality and a glimpse of tragic humanity. Yep. Um, as we continue. What sets this version apart it's, is its dedication to practical effects. Okay. The original didn't need mm. practical effects because it was all in the implication it's the implication, Dennis. Um, each kill is meticulously crafted, uh, sending shivers down the spine. And, and listen. so, you telling me all the kills on the bus were meticulously crafted? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> absolute nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Um, the cinematography and production design are top-notch. The desolate Texas landscape serves as a haunting backdrop, enhancing the feeling of isolation and primal terror. Combined with the spine-tingling sound design, and I don't even remember that, and no. chilling musical score, the film creates an immersive nightmare. This person just seems to have got a dictionary. and just. Does this person work for Netflix? They might do. Did Netflix pay for this? It's worth noting, the screenplay manages to pay homage to the original. What? When? But it, it's meant to be a new sequel to the original. Yeah. I, how does the screenplay pay homage to it? As in the um, script, the screen... I, no. Uh, offering a satisfying blend of nostalgia and innovation, the narrative keeps viewers on the edge of their seats because I wanted to leave. Um, <laughs> okay, here we My go. My own house. Yeah, I wanted, yeah, I wanted to, to leave. <laughs> In an era of countless horror remakes, yes, mm, okay, Netflix's Texas Chainsaw stands out as a faithful yet bold reinterpretation of a genre defined. It's not a reinterpretation; no. it's a new sequel. It's a sequel. It's the two, like the th it's the second or third attempt of a sequel. No, it's the second yeah. attempt of a sequel to the original. That's it. Um. It's testament to the studio's commitment to quality storytelling and the willingness to push the boundaries of horror cinema. In conclusion, if you're a fan of visceral, bone-chilling horror, this is a must-watch. False. No. <laughs> Watch Captur something else. <laughs> captures the essence of terror while delivering a fresh and thrilling, thrilling experience. Brace yourself for a heart-pounding journey into the macabre world of Leatherface. As Netflix, there's that word again, Netflix, once again proves it's the... 
absolute nonsense. As Netflix once again proves its mastery of the horror genre. About what? I beg your pardon? What else have they done? Netflix proves its mastery of the horror genre. I had I had to I had to read you that because it was what it blew my mind how uh, brain dead that review is. Yeah, that is just uh, being. They must have been paid for that. They must have been paid for that. Yeah, I don't know who it was. I don't know who it was, but that is not. They have they've either not seen that film. Or have no idea about any other Texas Chainsaws. I've never watched any of the others to comparison. Yeah, no, that is absolutely just absolute nonsense. That's all I can say. Um, I'm sorry, folks. I'm sorry to start off on a low (laughs) note like that. Well, just to just to raise the hopefully raise the bar a little bit, and is also Texas Chainsaw Massacre related. Oh. I believe you've just signed up to the technical test for a uh, test for the upcoming game, haven't you? I did. I'm very excited. As um, I did myself. Hey, look uh. at that. Let's have a but now they the the studio did put out a tweet saying the technical test sign up was broken. So I'm okay. hoping it <laughs> I'm hoping it did work because it did say you have registered and you'll receive an e- Yes, you've requested access. Keep an eye mm-hmm. out for email notification. So yeah, folks, do go on to Steam. Check it out. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre game. It it looks fun. It looks like it has the heart of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre I, feel. I think so. I mean, if you you know if you like Dead by Daylight and um, yes, the Friday the Thirteenth game, the Evil Dead game, those what they call them asymmetrical mm. survival games. I, I don't know exactly. Yeah, I've never known it, what the, that genre is called. It, uh, it's definitely really? asymmetrical something, asymmetrical horror survival. Yeah, yeah, possibly uh, or something along those lines. Um, yeah, they are. Um, they they they're generally pretty good. I can't say I've played much Dead by Daylight, but I can't deny its popularity. I'd love the Friday the Thirteenth <laughs> game. Um, yeah, I th- I think these the, these ones appeal to me more because of the IP rather than mm-hmm. dead by daylight sure. um i believe they got some uh kill it like uh, actual ip killers yeah they've, they, they've got a whole yeah. bunch of uh licensed killers and characters um, in there but Nicolas because cage this... is going to be the latest addition yes i saw that to yeah. dead by daylight actually <laughs> which mad is man. totally worth a mention because it's mental absolute mad um. man <laughs> but he should but, yeah. be um pastor troy takes yeah. people faces <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they've they've had a bunch of licensed content, um, but to actually have a proper, fully fully licensed in set in world yeah. Texas Chainsaw game is gonna be is gonna be cool, I think. Yeah. So the technical test is the twenty fifth of May. So by the time the, the, you are listening to this, if you're listening to this podcast on release, mm-hmm. it will be a couple of days away. Um, so do go check it out. Uh, try and get a te- technical test sign up. It's free. There's it no end. I think it's... It's all weekend, I believe. No, sorry. I think it's yeah, all weekend. It does. Yeah, I was just going to say, it starts on the 25th and it does. It runs through to the to the end of that weekend. Yeah. The 31st. Sorry. Oh, no. Sorry. The 28th. Um, so, oh, if, yeah. Hopefully I mean, I'll get if, a chance to play it. If we're both around next weekend, mm-hmm. uh, let's, let's get a couple of games in if we can. Yeah, we'll try. Um, I should, should be. 
And if we do get content, if we do, we'll do best to get content, it will be up on the YouTube channel, Dreadcast YouTube mm-hmm. channel, so you can check it out. There's no NDAs on this, folks, so do go stream it, record it, con- get all the content you can for all us horror fans. Um, and then the game comes out just after my birthday, so good birthday, that is. Nice. Um, yeah, I, do you know what I really love about this game? The poster is fantastic. The artwork poster. Have you seen it? Um, I'm not sure I have. Oh, I must. I must have. Let me. Uh, it feels like it up. could be a cover for, say, a re-release of the film. You know, a collector's edition of the film. Mm-hmm. It's a Ooh, really yeah, nice yeah, piece yeah, of I art. Seen it. Yeah. And what I like, if I'm right in saying, uh, I can't. Oh, it, I don't know. The, the word game isn't too prominent. So if you quickly glimpsed it, it looks like a movie mm-hmm. poster. Which mm-hmm. I think is really cool. Um, what would be really good is if this is Steam Deck supported. It means I can play it in bed. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> oh, there's another. There's another good poster there. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a game based on true events. Yes, keeping that moniker alive. Uh, but we know it's not as good as uh, the new sequel. So, I mean, we can. No, hope, we can only hope, of course not. You know. Uh, um, and the last point I just wanted to mention is about today's episode. Um, is this little fella right here? I managed to hunt this out in my own VHS copy of Wishmaster. Excellent. So, is, uh, is that a new addition to the collection, or is this something that you had? Had this all the time. Um, had it all along. It's a Cinema Club release, so I think it's a re-release. Um, yeah, I think I think they are. Uh, Two thousand one. 2001 this is so around the i guess around the era era of transitioning from that, video that, yeah, to dvd so um it's a good copy though um what what i really want to say about it is that that poster that artwork on the front is what i remember from the days of blockbuster mm-hmm. i always whatever i think of blockbuster i think of this video here because as a young tom jr I was always obsessed with going to the horror section because it was kind of like the taboo sections. Like, oh, you're too young for that. You can't watch it. And like, I, yeah. I, to, I want to go see what, oh, look at this gross monster. Look at these zombies. And I, this was always there. And I, you don't forget that cover. You just don't. No. I was just always remember it. creeped out walking through the horror section in Blockbuster and video stores and stuff because video stores were, well, the we we used the one we used to use wasn't Blockbuster. It was, I think it was an independent store. Yeah. Um, it was something like Top Hat Video or some some strange thing. Okay. I think. <laughs> and it was, but it was death. It was always deathly quiet, like a library. Like there was there weren't any TVs playing trailers or anything. Uh oh. Yeah, it was just a, always a bit eerie walking down the aisles of the horror thing so i think because you've got the covers and the monsters like sort of eyes looking at you always like weirded me out a little bit um oh god i miss video shops though they were so i do i do man like there's something about i mean we're physical media people i'm physical media person as you can see video viewers Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's something about just holding it like there's definitely something uh, about owning stuff um 
And but I think I think if a, if a rental place like I guess DVD rentals or whatever if a rental place opened up locally tomorrow, mm. I'd definitely sign up to it. I'd definitely I definitely sign up to it. Sitting and scrolling mm. through Netflix or whatever, oh, looking it's for not something the same. to watch is just not the same. It's really not, and but it would it would have to have a good library to warrant. Oh sure, you know to warrant the the signing up. But yeah, yeah, they 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 were. It's such a it's such a generational thing. Mm. Um Yeah, you, you try and I don't know. I don't really I don't really conversate with a younger generation that much, shall we say. So I don't really know what their thoughts would have been when, when someone would say to them, Oh, we used to go have to go to a store if you wanted a <laughs> film and basically borrow it. You know, borrow is yeah. the other word than rent. Borrow this for and then if you returned it late you had to pay a fee. You know, you don't yeah. You don't rent and the you film have to rewind it. <laughs> Speaking of which, oh, you bad not rewound, boy. not rewound. Unbelievable. That's, that's an extra fifty p. Fine, right there. There's um, you've got the blurb on the back, right, and then below it, which is actually my first note, it says also starring Tony Todd, mm-hmm. Candyman, Kane Hodder. Friday the 13th, Jason, and Robert England, a.k.a. Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. But other than Robert England, they're in starring very light. Starring very loose. a lot of heavy lifting there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Tony Todd and Kane Hodder have, have cameos. And I'd yeah. arguably, Robert England, it's an extended cameo. Yes. He's, yeah. I mean, it's. I think it's great. And... um. It, it was. It's definitely a buzz. I was watching it with with my girlfriend and kept saying, "That's Candyman. There's Freddy. This is Jason." Yeah, yeah, same. Shouting that's out what I was as, doing, they were, yeah. as they were appearing. Um, that's the uh, that's the general from Dawn of the Dead. Yes, uh, right, um, Joe, Joe Pilato. He's uh, he was Rhodes. Um, but yeah, they. Out of Kane Hodder and Tony Todd, I think the more notable name would be Tony Todd. Um, yeah, I mean, because Kane uh, Hodder is a stuntman and a guy in the mask. Kane Hodder yeah, has sure. prominent roles. Um, yeah, very loose, very loose minor roles. Um, I'm going to use the blurb on the back of this for anyone that's not Go seen Wishmaster. It. Today we're doing Wishmaster, 1997, Wes Craven. What do they call it? Fun romp down memory lane. <laughs> when are I had to stop myself. Okay. This film is of the 90s, okay? The first <laughs> sentence alone of this, you would not get on the back of a Blu-ray or DVD. Does it? Right, okay. When our pretty young heroine... <laughs> oh, there we go. We're cancelled <laughs> immediately. Hey, she, was, she was pretty. She's pretty. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty and young. Credit, where's heroine. credit due? But... When our pretty young heroine, Alexandra Amberson... Tammy Lauren stumbles across a gem that imprisons the most malicious of genies. You know, you know, all hell will break loose. The Jin, Andrew Divoff, is not your average genie, and once awakened from his thousand-year slumber, he wrecks evil and destruction across LA. Alexandra soon discovers that she alone can empower the Jin to infest the Earth with his vile race, and she alone can save the world. Pretty straightforward. Right. Yeah, unleashes an evil. Straightforward. I mean, the first couple of lines of that sound like they could be 
It, it could be a, a sitcom. Yeah. 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 When Alexandra finds a gem, <laughs> she better watch out. On this week's episode of Wishmaster. I'm glad, I'm glad you know. chose this. <laughs> I, I'm really yeah, glad you chose this. It was a lot of fun though. watching this again. It was. I'm really glad. Really, um, really good. Shall we? Uh, so, shall we get into it then? Let's. 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 Let's go. Let's go. Um, so, first off, this has a brilliant opening prologue. Oh, it's it's great. Brilliant. Lots of gore, lots of blood. There's a skeleton. There's a snake man. There's a snake man. There's all kinds of things popping off in medieval Persia. I forget just what the date is that it gives. It's like... I think it's about 1100. Yeah, 12th century. I think it was something something like that, that. yeah. Um, So yeah, we get get the prologue of the, the jinn has been, well... He's worm-tongued his way into the, the, the king's ear and the king has been casting, uh, granting, not granting wishes, or casting wishes. He's been wishing. Yeah. And, yeah, the djinn has been... Essentially, well, we told that we via... Um, is it a text card or the voiceover? Yeah. The narrator basically tells us if, if he casts... Uh, if he grants three wishes to the person who awakes him, then he can... Unleash, wants, yeah, yeah. He's he becomes all powerful, and the the idea is that he'll unleash the the rest of the jinn race upon the world and seek to rule it effectively. His wishes um, are never legit. No, it's very much the be careful the what you ball. wish for. The the ironic twist punishment, yeah. um, and we get some we get some good deaths throughout the movie because of on on that. The thing subject. with uh, ancient Persia. I didn't know ancient Persia was very white and English. <laughs> um, mm, they casting choices with that scene. Yeah, I think I think I like how everything's got a red tinge to it. Yeah, like for no real reason, and just everything's God, you, dark and orange. You can so tell that that was a set. It's just oh, a little yeah. room they whipped up quickly, and I noticed that a lot later on with these these sort of sets to save on money that. Say for instance, later on, I'm, I'm not skipping forward that much, but mm-hmm. when they're in the mansion, it's they're in the mansion. They're in a big room where there's windows, but the windows are frosted because it's a set. Yeah. So if it was a if it was a real, they were in a real mansion in the room, the windows would be clear. You could see through them. But no, they've got to frost it because they're in a <laughs> studio. It's the same with this. I mean, there's no windows in this Persian set or wherever they no, are. There's no holes this, in, inside like, this castle. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, there's there's loads of stuff. I mean, there's the scene later on as well when they're in the gem and everything's just like oh, I love that. red lights I love behind it. sheets. I love stuff. it. Turn the smoke machine on. <laughs> it looks like yeah. I couldn't decide whether it was like a music video or yeah, like, like an episode of Power Rangers or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the, I is... mean, we get we get introduced to brilliant the brilliant effects by. Greg Nicotero, I was really cool yep. to uh, really cool to see that he did the effects on this because he's up there with the Rick Bakers and Tom Savini's mm-hmm. um, and Dick Smith's. But like five, uh, two to five minutes in, we're 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 shown some amazing effects work. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, it was Greg Nutella. I think it was a partnership, wasn't it, Robert? Because Robert Kurtzman was involved yes. in this as well, who all, and also directed it. Um, he's, yeah, been involved for all sorts of stuff. Doctor Sleep. Um, pretty sure he did some Nightmare on Elm Street stuff. Uh, just having a look back through his Tusk. He was the supervisor on Tusk. Oh, really? Did some Texas Chainsaw Massacre stuff, Hostel. Yeah, so, it, it, yeah, the, there was a, I think there was a third name as well, and I'm kicking myself because I can't remember it. There was, you're right. There was a good trio of um, excellent special effects artists that have gone on to do some fantastic work on, well, I mean, Walking Dead being the obvious one as far as Greg's concerned. Yeah. Some outstanding um, work. In fact, we do get... Oh, there was a scene where Alexandra, she imagines her friend, the the guy that she's kind of got the on-off yep. relationship with. He sort of appears to her as a as a corpse, as a zombie, in a sort of American werewolf in London kind of bit, where it's just like a he says something to her, she turns and he's there and he's but the the zombie the zombie uh, effect yes, makeup yes. is definitely like what yes. you see in the walking dead that it's was 100 uh, his work she was imagined because uh earlier on alexandra and this best friend that he's trying he's very much i don't take no for an answer <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit creepy it's a very, bit 90s but he's trying playing... to climb out of that friend zone <laughs> oh he's he's reaching he is reaching <laughs> to try and get out of there but they're playing they're showing playing tennis and this vision uh which you mentioned is she's on the tennis court and that's where the quick jump scare comes of him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember now. I remember. Um, yeah, the the effects opening scene. That it's it's a good hook, you know, to get you in. Like, yeah. all right, this is what we're about. Nice, and, <laughs> yeah, nice and good. Yeah. There's people being ripped open and legs coming off, and there's all sorts of all sorts of good things happening. Yeah, the Snake Man. Well, I kind of wonder, like, what he wished for that to yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, who who did the wishing? Yeah, well, oh, all this to happen. Is it the I king? Mean, I think it's the king. Yeah, I think it's the because the, we we get a mirror scene later on, don't we, with um, Robert England's character holding mm. the party, and I think it's uh, he he wishes for the, his party to go down in. Oh, the the gin says, I was asked to make sure a party went down in history and was never yeah, forgotten or yeah. something. And I think I think what when he says that to Robert England, it's the prologue that he's referring to. So the king has wished for, you know, his legacy to be a memorable one and that's translated as we'll turn somebody into a snake and rip everybody up and Snake man. Somebody's skeleton will rip out of their body and terrorize uh, somebody else. Lisa, a skeleton <laughs> Oh, I love a walk. I'm old skeleton. I, I love a walking skeleton. Okay, well, I I, I laugh about skeleton. I, I was thinking Brenda from Scary Movie. Like, Sydney yeah, is yeah, a skeleton. Yeah. What is scary about a skeleton? I mean, they're not scary, granted, but just from a Ray Harryhausen yes. fan. Um, Jason and the Argonauts, and I said Clash of the Titans. Jason and the Argonauts, like that yeah. skeleton scene. Yeah, oh, they're fantastic. Yeah. I mean, or Army of Darkness skeletons. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, like they can be, they can be done really well, a bit comically as well. Classic fantasy villains, but yeah, just you know, so they're they're, they're level one enemy. To be honest. Yeah, 
they're not terribly scary. But yeah, it's a great opening scene. Absolutely loved it. The thing with the opening scene, obviously, we think we assume it's the king that's made the uh, wishes. The mm -hmm. the guy that the camera is focusing on, he he has the gem, right? He has the stone, and then he goes to the king and then casts some sort of spell in I yeah. assume Persian language or whatever language, which then seals the jinn back into the mm -hmm. stone, and that's where the stone then gets lost throughout time, and we yeah. discover it in one day. Um, that's kind of a bit um, big left left up to your interpretation of what's happening really that whole scene like who is this yeah, guy why does he have the stone like, is he like an assistant is he like a, a lower level to the I think he's the court wizard I think what he's mm. he's the court wizard that he's supposed to be so he's, he comes in at the moment where and the gin is just there isn't he hooded up and next to yeah next to the you floor. see him in the first five minutes you see him standing there he's so cool he is a great looking villain and I love his voice as well the way he's particularly the way he says wishes what wishes do you desire today, my lord? His excellent voice. Um, but yeah, he's the court wizard, so he said he basically says, like, stop, like, don't make any more wishes because it'll mm. be the end of us all. And then yeah, he traps him. Um So he's how how he's it does kind of suggest that everything's kinda of happened at once though. Like he's Yeah. The the gin's like rocked up and bam, two wishes are done and he's like racing through to stop it. Whereas obviously the, for the length of the film we have this much longer build up to um, mm. to things going on, but that's but that's something that didn't that maybe I missed. But we're told that the gin needs to make or grant three wishes to the person mm. that wakes him up, and then he can take his power. Yet he's casting, he's granting wishes willy nilly throughout that movie to all and sundry. Everybody he comes across, he's like, "Oh, you get a wish." He's, he's like Oprah Winfrey, "You get a wish, you get a wish, you get a wish." Yeah, he never actually, they're never actually normally worded as wishes though. He's normally like manipulating their words mm. to say, "Oh, is that what you want?" Uh, that's all he has to say really. And then if they just say a simple yes, then he classes that as a wish. Yeah. But then he, so he's, and then we find out that he's like collected those souls and that then gives him the power. So this, mm. it, it's slightly, the, and the, technically the person that wakes him up out of the gem is killed straight away and not given the three wishes. And it's, it just seemed a bit, a little bit of, uh, it kind it, of forgot its own rules fairly quickly yes. and went, went with something else. Yeah, I noted that down, especially like I was I was trying to think, okay, we we got the idea that there's three wishes. It's the old genie classic trope, three wishes, and then whatever happens, happens after he gets his full powers. But yeah, he could still, he was still able to sort of cast powers, um, yeah. manipulate people, whereas these wishes were meant to be the thing that then let him be able to cast magic yeah. and powers um it was kind of went back and forth a bit um yeah it was a little bit unclear I and, and I, I wasn't entirely sure how is the one that ultimately get is is mm. doing the three the big three sort of whereas a bit, know... of, bit of hellraiser vibes with the whole trying to build uh frank frank's the one that um mm. his body like she's bringing bodies back for him to to sort of get more and stronger and stronger and yes. more human, it's kind of like, I kind of was expecting that with this vibe, like the the Jin right at the beginning, in the modern day where he's re resurrected, quote unquote, mm -hmm. from the stone. Little Vern Troyer comes out, 
Um, it is Vern Troyer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, he's like a mini, he, he's not like a baby gin. He's sort of a weak, pathetic little creature. Yeah, now, like, I got the impression. Like yes, mm. I, I was getting the impression that like, does he need these wishes to be granted so that he can collect their souls, which makes him then stronger? It's something like that. Like I say, or it's a little bit. They establish like some very clear rules, and then mm. very quickly deviate into something else. But yeah, essentially, it's, it's similar to what happens with um, Arnold Vosloo in the Mummy, isn't it? In uh, yep. Brendan Fraser's Mummy, he's he's released, but he's weak and needs to, yeah, like off a few NPCs yeah. in order to get back to some sort of reasonable level of strength. So yeah, the first the first wish he grants is um I, f oh, I can't remember the name of the guy. Well, it's the it or it, it's when he is Vern Troyer plays him when he's uh, mm -hmm. a baby bush, a baby gin, shall we say? And it's when he is resurrected from this stone that gets discovered in one day. It's done in like um I guess a like a carbon dating analyzing machine. Yeah, I think the jewel, the jewel is well. I mean, yeah, the jewel is going through a spectral. Yeah, and the guy, uh, it's it's Alexandra's our main our main lead's best friend, the the mm -hmm. guy in the friend zone, and the the machine explodes, the gene escapes, and it's him that he grants the first wish. It's to end yeah. his suffering. He doesn't want to be in pain anymore. Um, which obviously knocks yeah, him out. It's killing him. Yeah, but but I think by its own rules, he should be the person that needs to grant needs to ask to make the three wishes to unleash everything. Yeah, he's the one that's getting him that wakes him from the gem. Yeah, like like he rubbed the rubbed the lamp. Yeah, and he came out, and he only grants that in grants. These are all very loosely granted yeah. wishes. Like I said, it's very word manipulation. He grants his wish of. And uh, no more suffering, no more pain. And then suddenly, it's only there. He, the jinn gains so much strength and size mm -hmm. and mass and becomes his normal size. You know, yeah. Over six foot, pretty big built entity. Mm -hmm. From that one wish. And then throughout the film, he doesn't, it doesn't really do it. Nothing really affects him anymore. So he grants a wish to the homeless guy. He doesn't then suddenly go, oh, no, no. whole cup. You know, it's just and then. to take on a human appearance, he physically goes and gets somebody's yes. face and cuts it off and puts it on. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I just mean, quickly okay, on some that. Magical manipulation, but. Quickly on that. You remember when I showed you the thumbnail I made for this episode? Yes, yes. Now, I haven't seen this film for probably 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, same. Our main. Uh, it, our main actor that he steals mm -hmm. the face from. Is that the guy, the same actor? Is that. Divoff, who plays Wishmaster, is it a different character? Does he does he play Wishmaster it, in all the makeup? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. So I I had I was waiting for this character to pop up in the film, and it it's a good halfway through the film, I feel mm -hmm. like, before he pops up. And when you type in Wishmaster, when I was looking for the images for this thumbnail, I'm like, where is this guy in this film? He doesn't he, if he doesn't pop up yeah, for a long we... time. Do we do we actually see him as a human? No, he's he's dead and wish he's, it's, literally it's in, the, he's literally just the corpse that he takes the, yeah, uh, the medical, school of, school of medicine school of medicine. Yeah, he's yeah. just a cadaver. He's basically just a cadaver. The mm -hmm. the gin, um, 
goes to to rip the, the face off its face off puts it on and himself yeah, we'll, so he we'll can appear human nice face peeling so he chose that mm. <laughs> he of all the faces on offer <laughs> to <laughs> him <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with no not that there's anything wrong with andrew Divoff at all he's a fine fine looking gentleman he's but an he, evil yeah. looking gentleman but he could have he could have said and because you know it doesn't matter to the gin what he looks like to anybody else i guess he could have no could have taken anybody's face um one little note i did just have just before we go on because there's a, i feel like there's quite a bit to get into with this film uh which is good yeah yeah in the monologue at the beginning you know the opening text crawl it stated in the time before time i'm like hang on what does that mean <laughs> <laughs> what's the time uh i don't really know understand what that yeah means. <laughs> i mean it's it's well uh, 11th, it sounds 12th, 12th good century persia is not the time before time but <laughs> it's quite a lot of time before that <laughs> in the land before time it's just, L- yeah, little foot <laughs> just some there, there's some genies i think it's just trying to say isn't it like before creation there was there was some genies yeah, so they're um, stating the jinn are somewhat of a a race that just existed back then, maybe. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they are um, they are creatures of Persian, right. Middle Eastern folklore. The the yeah. jinn is a yeah. It's you know as we we might think of genies more today as being um, you know relatively friendly. You know, I dream of genie, Robin, Robin Williams, all that blue. gets elaborated on Will later Smith, on the film. Painted blue, it does get referenced, yeah. But I, but yeah, sort of in the original folklore, they are like a, like most things. I think that we we've sort of softened. Yeah, they are like malevolent, demonic entities. Really, I think that's the whole yeah the whole shtick about them, and they are powerful and magical. Yeah, and. Yeah, but not definitely, sort of not on our side. Um, I, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I, I, I'm willing to bet that there are some old folk tales that involve these sort of "be careful what you wish for" morals and jinns mm. perverting wishes for their own end and stuff like that. It's I think that's kind of the a little, a little similar to the whole monkey's paw. Yeah. Again, I'm thinking back to Simpsons, the uh, where they get the monkey's paw in Morocco and everything goes wrong. Yeah. He's got a nail in the board. <laughs> um, well, it is. It is that, and that is uh, yeah. it's an old Twilight Zone episode, isn't it? As well. And yes. This is, yeah, yeah. The the whole the whole shtick from the of the Wishmaster, the plot is sort of in that. If you've seen any of those, you know what we're talking about. It's, uh, it's, it's the whole "be careful what you wish for" that is the point. Um, I mean, we've glossed over a little bit how this gem actually comes into being. Yes, yeah, the um, gem. Because it's also the moment where we get introduced to Robert England's character um, on the key side. So <laughs> fast forward from 11th century Persia, we, we're in 90s LA. Is it set in LA, this? Do you know what? It doesn't even state LA. It, it never, just says America. America. <laughs> I mean, you can see it's LA from one of the um, the panning shots of the skyline. You can see uh, when you get if you know your city skylines like the nerdy self I am. I knew it was LA. Uh, if, if, even if you spot a palm tree, it's LA, pretty much. It's LA. 
so yeah, we so we cut to the dockside in nineties LA and Robert Englund yeah. um is playing a character plays a character called Raymond Beaumont, who's a an art dealer, essentially, or a historical artifact dealer. Yeah. Um and he's having a new piece delivered. And thanks to a bumbling drink drunk on the job. Joe Pilotto. <laughs> Honestly, people like this, this is why we have like rules. testing up work and rules Health and safety, and safety. Of negligent people like this who's drinking his whiskey out of his little styrofoam cup and drops a crate onto ted On ramey ted, ted ramey yes it was <laughs> I, I, that is that's such a ted ramey role to have just yeah fucking kill me in five minutes whatever <laughs> so he gets squashed the statue breaks open and one of the uh the forklift drivers attending the accident pockets the gem that's embedded within with absolutely no remorse nope. no like concern for the fact that there's a man squashed to death under that rubble he just sees a jewel and whips it away into his pocket he whips it out <laughs> he, he rips it out of the nice painted polystyrene effect <laughs> rubble because i from what i do for a living this is now one of the things that's desensitized me a lot with effects mm-hmm. in films i know how a lot of things are made and it's really annoying that yeah. statue that broke oh wow just dense polystyrene mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean most of them are but paint it a bit better come on oh uh, i mean the well, jewel itself what was the budget for this because as we've already mentioned i think we're we're not looking at well, it doesn't feel I, like we're looking at blockbuster I'm, territory. I'm going to say 10 million. I haven't looked yet. Let's have a quick squeeze. But um, but yeah, it does. It, it, that was one of the things I was going to say. Is it gets it get it does get into things pretty quickly. We see we see the gin and some body yeah. horror stuff in the prologue. But even after he's been sort of trapped, it it whips along at a fair old rate. So we get the statue being dropped. It breaks. The guy pockets the gem. The next scene is literally the pawn shop owner taking the gem to be appraised yep. at a, an auction house. And then the next scene is we're going to stick this gem in this machine to try and analyze it. And boom, gin pops out. It it whips along really, really quickly. Um, it's good pacing. Very good pacing for sure. And yeah, at the same time, out. it doesn't really neglect um, introducing the audience to your characters like it's this is this person mm. this is this person this is what we're doing with the story go like you get to know alexander you get to you get the the quick reference of here's your best friend trying to be in the friend zone here's alexander's mm-hmm. boss who's the sleazy auction house guy we don't he's linger too incredibly he's sleazy. very sleazy <laughs> he's the epitome of these like dripping gold jewelry yeah. his hair slicked back he's <laughs> Yeah, he, he calls people like babe and doll. Yeah, and, yeah he's awful. <laughs> well, um, he's also a terrible, terrible actor. Oh, he's awful. Uh, Alex's uh, younger sister also works there, uh, Shannon. Yeah. So they all work in this mm-hmm. auction house together. Um, oh, by the way, the budget was five million. So I was nearly, I was five half mil. Right. Okay, yeah. Um, the yeah, the gem itself, the red. I mean, what 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 is it? It's uh specifically does it say what kind of rock it is fire opal Think here we go opal fire opal yeah. it if i google fire opal now i want to see what they look like raw you know 
Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Raw, they look beautiful, but yeah, okay. I, they can be cut and shaped to like because it just to me it just it looked too comically perfectly round and clean and yeah. Well, I, I mean, it had been it had been cut. So obviously, yeah. this the statue had been a rock that had been found and then who the artist at the time had mm-hmm. carved their statue into this rock and the opal was just conveniently inside there well that no it can't be it can't well, be because they trapped the gin in that jewel and then it's got to have got into that statue somehow well i mean a thousand years it could have it could have been lost it could have been lost on in the outside somewhere yeah how does how does it get stuck inside i I think we're supposed to believe that the statue was made around the stone somehow that yes that that's a good one that's that's logical um, i mean well done i don't i don't know how but because i I suppose because it's fully embedded in there as well it's not like there's a a stone that can be removed and it's placed in a void it's fully like almost like it's casting concrete around it's like which... this so if this was the rock there's just there's the for the audio listeners yeah. i've got a closed fist <laughs> and a, I'm a uh, the battery. i'm tightly closing a used energizer nine volt battery <laughs> in my fist halfway out and uh, it's kind of like that and it's just sticking out so the rock is broken, obviously broken off one side, but the, the the opal doesn't look dirty, chipped, or anything. It is pristinely beautiful, and the guy just sort of pop, pops it out without any trouble. Now, you, Aiden, our uh, lovely co-host here, you've done a bit of work in the old archaeology world, right? I believe, a little bit, yeah, a little bit. You dabbled a little bit, you know, just a little hobby on the side. You've <laughs> It's tough, right, to get to really get stuff delicately out of earth it or rocks. Yeah, 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 yeah. This guy, oh, uh, just yeah, <laughs> just slips it out. I mean, but I'm more concerned with how that statue was. But I mean, the Romans had concrete, so yeah, arguably the Persians in 1100 or whatever it is had something similar. Oh, we're led to believe, but yeah. Anyway, there's, that stone is like fully wedged in this statue. Um, and yeah, he's released and taken off to the old auction house. And <laughs> there's a lot, just in that first, like what, 20 minutes, there's just a lot of nineties. It's, it's very, very nineties. The way everybody's dressed, the music, let's talk about it. Let's talk about talk it. to each other. <laughs> and I was just <sighs> laughing my head off. I love it. Okay. I'm a, I love the nineties, the nineties. Mm-hmm to me was five years ago it's like how the 80s were 20 years ago not 40 Mm -hmm. years ago i love the 90s so i wrote down like this is if you toned this film down a bit this could easily have been an episode of buffy or charmed well i i was gonna say it has that sort of sheen to it yeah like it's a tv movie yes yes or an episode of yeah Buffy the Vampire. It, it would work well as an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I think, or it really or would. something of that. It's but it's got that kind of yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's a particular type of film or like a filter or something. But it has that sort of TV 
quality to it rather than big screen. I mean, this was a cinema release, wasn't it? It was a uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was a cinema film, but it looks. But I mean, this is the same year Scream Two came out. Was it Scream? Yeah, I think Scream. Yeah, ninety-seven. And it doesn't look anything like the same in terms of the cinematography, I guess you'd call it. I don't know exactly what it is. I, but. I know exactly what you're saying, that there is just something about it either to do with the frame rate or mm. the filming, the film that they used. It's know. almost soft focus in some Very ways. Soft. And it feels like it was, it feels like you could split it up into, I mean, it's 90 minutes long. It feels like you could split it up into a three-part episode. Mm-hmm. Um, everything about the, uh, the camera work, like, wow! They, I, I noted this down, and this is something normally I, I'm quite proud I picked up on this. That they got a lot of use out of their camera dolly, uh, panning from left to right slowly, then back to. <laughs> they got a lot of use out of that, and to me, but to me, that's the kind of shot they would normally do with, say, a '90s drama, TV drama. Yeah, where you've got two characters. The dolly is panning dramatically. The one the person on the left, then it pans to the person. They're yeah, having a like dramatic General discussion. Hospital or ER yes. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That sort of sort, Amer- particularly American soap opera vibe to it. Yeah. I think. Mm. Um, there are a lot of flashes. There are a lot of. Um, there weren't many sort of actiony shots, were there? there were a lot of a lot of it's quite still. Yeah. There's not very many mobile action shots. It's. It's beautifully nineties. It really mm. is, um, especially the sound design. The sound, yeah. the, or the the music is. Oh, uh, it, the music reminded me of uh, again nineties Mortal Kombat Conquest. It was the TV yes. series. I love yes. Con- Conquest with a K. I loved it. Definitely, uh, definitely. I mean, Motorhead is on the soundtrack for this. I did. I, I did yeah, Mo- Motorhead. The end the credits. Um, and I, there was something uh, eating crow, southpaw, thirty amp fuse, cellophane. <laughs> they're, they're all they're all bands that are on this soundtrack, which I can't apart from more ahead, and maybe southpaw rings a bell. Um, but folks, if you don't know Mortal Kombat Conquest, nineteen ninety eight, one season, go check it out. It was fabulous. It was great. You you knew in that show where it cut from the actors playing their characters to the stuntman doing their fighting. <laughs> you knew. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, that that time period. Mm. Power Rangers is another one. Power it's Rangers. Like, it looks like Power Rangers. Yeah. The yeah the non Japanese footage segments, obviously, the bits that they filmed to make a cohesive plot out of it. Um, yeah, it was brilliant. Um, so yeah, so the so Vern Troyer, the gin comes out. Vern Troyer, he kills he kills the guy, ends his suffering, um, and then hops off to a Seven Eleven and meets up with a homeless guy. <laughs> I think it was a pharmacy. Pharmacy, that's right. It, yeah, it is yeah, pharmacy because the homeless guy is begging for money outside of it, and the pharmacist mm-hmm. basically tells him to fuck off. They they basically yeah. do that that gif of the two people on the street fighting, but they're just 
They're just <laughs> they're just like shoving their middle finger up at each other, seeing so you can get the biggest middle finger. <laughs> I loved I loved the homeless guy. He He's was great. great. And I, I feel like I've seen him. Yeah. I did look him up and I can't remember his name. I did feel like I've seen him before and he's tends to be playing a homeless person. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that is his little niche that he cut out. Um, Have you seen the cred the credits for this film? Like Skeleton Man, Snake yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well Vern Troy is credited as Creature Stage One. <laughs> but then there's only stage two. Well, somebody called Walter Phelan is Creature Stage 2. Wow. So maybe it's not Divoff in the... Oh, but then Divoff is credited as being the gin stroke Nathaniel Demarest. Yeah. Which is a fantastic name to come up with on the spot. It's incredible. And I did, I did actually, generally speaking, I did love how well the gin adjusted to being in, you know, well... 900 years in the future or whatever yeah because that there are no which the which i guess i guess would have given the film a different tone but there are no scenes of him like trying to understand the modern world he's just fully into it straight away he's asking to borrow people's cell phones he, he knows what stuff is and there's none of that sort of oh what's this strange object kind of thing yeah i had but, actually thought about that that's a really good point I guess I guess it's because it would have changed. It's not they're not making Encino Man again. It's they would have been a bless you. Thank you. It would have been a silly thing to do. Um, it's also not the sort of, I guess, entity that cares about that. Mm. That modern or different types of um, eras in the world and generation like yeah, advances yeah. in technology. It doesn't care. Uh, back to yeah, this homeless guy, right? So, he's he's played by George Buckflower. Buckflower. And in Back to the Future One in 1985, he played Red the Bum. Red the Bum. In yeah. They Live, he played Red the Drifter. Drifter. <laughs> I think it might be They Live. I from. Yeah. Yeah. He's got the bartenders. Look. Bartenders and bums seems to be or truckers yeah. seems to be. His, uh, he was a homeless man in something called Mom, Can I Keep Her? Oh, that's, um, isn't that about, uh, Bigfoot? I think it is. Yeah. Or a gorilla, at least. It, this, the scene in general, uh, outside the, with the pharmacy, and uh, where we, we see the gin, you know, he, he Try. He wants to uh, grant the homeless guy's wish because the homeless guy basically wants the pharmacist to die of cancer. Mm -hmm. How do you act suddenly getting cancer? Yeah. <laughs> I, swear, I mean, how? Right. Ready. You ready? Right. Ready. We're gonna act. We're gonna cut. We're gonna. We're gonna roll soon. Remember what you're doing. Your your character's about to get cancer and you're about to die. And yeah. action. Stage four what? cancer in three, two, one. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. But they also, they went very extra, didn't they? Because he started oh, gotcha. getting sort of weird buboes and lumps and bumps all over him, which I yeah. mean, I'm no, I'm no medicine man, but I'm pretty sure that's not a symptom of, of cancer. Uh, but I guess man. they've got to they've lean into the horror somehow. Um, 
I'm still distracted by Buck Flowers' IMDb page. <laughs> you, you go for it. You go for it. He's um, played, he has played a lot of vagrants and tramps. And Hey, if it works, if it gets you jobs, you know, yeah. why change? Oh, he's an Look. escape from New York. Oh! Who is he? Well, he's just credited as drunk. Okay, yeah, fair enough. But... Fair enough. You know the scene in in the basement where that guy is just being punched. Yes. And Snake Plissken goes into the goes into the basement, and that guy there's just a guy being he's just against the sink, just being punched in the face. Yeah. And Snake yeah. like grabs the guy and pulls him off, and the guy being punched is just laughing his head off. He's laughing it. Yeah. Him. I think that's Buck. That oh, they he's probably my new did, favorite actor. They probably didn't even plan to shoot that. He was probably just I. <laughs> Buck's getting beaten up. Let's get a camera on him. Just, they were filming something else. There's Film just, it. They film it from a couple of different angles. Yeah. Showing him in as a as a vagrant in in any that, project they happen to have at the time. That's not Snake getting him off. That's Kurt Russell trying to help. And Buck's like, "Hey, what's up? What's going on?" Oh, I love it. I love Pin it. Right, I'm, I'm going to read up more about Mister George Buckflower at a later date. Talk about the gin. I want to talk about the gin itself. Let's because talk about the gin. I really, I thought about this throughout the film that I love the the whole idea of him. It's it's not a slasher. It's not a serial killer. It's not a zombie. It's not paranormal. It's ninety seven. It's twenty six years ago. Still feels fresh. It feels fresh. It's like a new subgenre of horror. It's in a way, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're saying. It, I don't know. What would you call it? Fan fantasy horror? Yeah, but I I mean, I don't know every single horror film ever released, but to me, this feels like one of the first big hitters in with this as its plot device. A evil genie entity mm -hmm. who looks awesome. The look of him is fantastic. I would love a yeah, figure. I, I, think it's, I think it's an un... Well, the reason for it and no shade on Wishmaster, because I do like it. Go on. But I think the reason for it is if... Because as a subgenre, we do have things with, like, cryptids in. There's plenty of, like, Sasquatch horror films out there. Yeah. Um, has there been one on the Loch Ness Monster? Mothman? Genies? Every so often, so we've, we've had... There's been a few with fairies. Yeah. And, I mean, troll. Oh, goblins. Yeah. So there's... And I don't think there's any been any big standout successes. No. In using folklore, real creatures, well, real creatures from folklore, I think. It's myth mythological creatures, creatures from folklore. Mm. Um, they do occasionally pop up and people make... And they, it's good fodder for horror movies, I think, or movies generally. But I don't think we've ever had any really good ones. So as a subgenre, I think it's still. I think it's just it's up there. On, I mean, it's definitely territory that should be explored more. Fully, definitely. Fully. It it's hard territory though to especially get uh to to write about well because I'm constantly thinking if this this character the Jin really manipulates people's wishes or uh, wants in the world. 
Mm-hmm. How do you? How does our main character get around that? How do they word it? It's all about the wording, yeah. And how how she words her final wish at the end and tricks him. It's very clever, and you you've got to really write it well for it yeah. to make sense. Um, and I think they did that, which we'll get to. But I think, yeah, yeah, I think it's a tricky good. one because, like, when she mentions, "I wish you'd kill yourself," but he's not. He's an immortal entity. Yeah. So it doesn't it doesn't really work when he blows his brains out. He's like, damn, that, that fucking hurt. That is a, yeah, if it's any king, any <laughs> consolation, that really hurts. Yeah. <laughs> so the writing has really got to be good for this sort of film to work, and I think mm. it worked worked really well for this film. But the gin, yeah, as as a as a plot device, as a character, I, I think it's great. I think mm. they nailed the look. It really gave me Jeepers Creepers vibes. Yeah, um, I'd always I was, wondered if. Because Jeepers Creepers was definitely later than this, wasn't it? I always not long. wondered. Later. Yeah, but not really? long. I think 99. Oh, not long. Um, oh, right. Okay. 2001, but still, four four years. Okay. Not long. Yeah, yeah, that's not huge. But I always I always felt like they they possibly took some strong inspiration from, oh, uh, from the gin. Without doubt. I mean, look at this. Look at this. I've just sent you that. We'll get them up. Get them up side by side. Have a look at that. Yeah, hundred percent. In fact, who plays the creeper? Is it? Is it a product of having the same person under the mask? Because creepers, creepers. Here we go. Very close. Creepers, creepers. The creeper, Jonathan Brett. Uh oh wow, this guy does look like he plays. He he. This guy looks like he could play the Wishmaster. Because I always felt, I always felt as well, actually, that both the Jin and the Creeper. Oh yeah, you see what I mean? A little look of Freddy Krueger. Yeah. And I think when I first saw this, it didn't help that Robert England's in it as well. But I, I felt like it was him that was playing the both the Jin and. well, a totally unrelated character, but yeah, I always felt like they've got a kind of look about it. I don't know what it is. Something around the eyes and the the grin, the smile. I was I was trying to just picture the when we saw more and more of the djinn, uh they would do does he have wings that suddenly appear? Because of well, the creeper, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I mean technically, I mean there are what, there are three sequels to Wishmaster, I believe. Um I can't I've definitely seen two, maybe three, but I can't. I can't definitely say I've seen them all. Oh, dude! I, I want to do the rest. I want to oh, watch yeah, the rest of them. Quite, now. I quite happily will. In fact, the, we know there's a box set out there that might get BK. Yeah, <laughs> might be getting added to the collection. Um, but I feel like they could add something like that without any real repercussions because. He's a magical creature. He's a magical entity. You know what I mean? Like, sure, give him wings. Why not? He's got weird head tentacle things. I don't know what they're about, but he's got them. He's like, got neck. He's got neck tails. That they're like yeah. cat tails that just sort of just do a little... <laughs> wiggle about. They all <laughs> yeah. wiggle under the little the mask when he puts uh, when he puts the face on. Um, yeah, there's you know he could have a tail. You could you can give him anything because we don't know. Um. As a look at Hull, he, he, 
I think it's I just I think it's fantastic. I I think it's a shame it's not more it's a not more notable horror icon look. Mm-hmm. Um it is quite I mean it's got a, he's a bit green, he's a bit orcish maybe. It's yeah it may be quite i mean it's a bit creeperish it's a bit spawn-esque it's what i've just shown you yeah. it's a mcfarland design because you can i just found you can get a wishmaster figure and i want it Uh-oh. um okay <laughs> it's not as it's not as standing out as a hockey mask as a ghost face as a pinhead it's but it's a no. shame i feel like it would be a great addition to say our the lineup of horror icons i th- i think so i think what we're asking for really is a reboot yeah but it has to look like this yeah okay and they have to act like they're in the 90s <laughs> uh, basically do okay, the do film... a sequel just want some more wishmaster <laughs> movies do the exact same film shot for shot just shot for shot same camera angles same sound design hd new actors just give me that mm-hmm. new effects there okay Okay, I mean, to be honest, I could listen to him talk all day because I did lo- absolutely love the voice. Yeah, it was amazing. So could I do a podcast on the Wishmaster. What yes. do you desire? Desire, yes. <laughs> Tell me your heart's deepest desires. Oh, yeah. hang on. Look at this good. one. Look at this. It's a bust, uh, original bust of his head. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, that is good. Oh, very nice. So he's sorry, he's, audio listeners. I'll put uh, yeah, um, yeah. Just follow the it, uh, follow the it, Twitter. We'll yeah, the Instagram, and they'll be. On we will there. actually, yeah, yeah, we will. Um, the bus we're looking at it just—it's a clear view of the Wishmaster's head and shoulders, but you can really see like he is bald. His two tentacles—they start from the top of his forehead loop round the back yeah. and then rest on his neck it's they're like it's, soft horns yeah it's a it's a unique design i've not <laughs> i've not seen design. that soft it's, horns it's soft horns if the if horns were flexible it can just sort of sweep them back he's got a, he's got soft horns he's got soft look out it looks a lot. I tell you, also uh, the character, the creature design, the character design reminds me of Kane from the Legacy of Kane video games. Love so- Soul which Reaver. I was probably playing around the time that the film came out. But yeah, um, we we don't have. See, look at what we've just discussed, right? Wishmaster, Legacy of Kane, Creeper, and I. I briefly slipped in Spawn. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We don't have any of these anymore. These creatures, these creative creature designs I want some more monsters yeah some more monsters yeah we need some more monsters we do i mean we do because a good a good creature feature that a good creature feature that's not a shark or a shark in a tornado or a shark that's actually a ghost or yeah. a shark that that has a legs of a dinosaur or just we don't need <laughs> And two animals merged together that become a, no. a, ro- a robot or what? It doesn't need to be done by asylum. We just need some creativity. Yeah, give us a new creature feature, a la the the Wishmaster or the Creeper. I mean Jeepers Creepers, which is 
we, we've got to do. I think we'll have to do that. I think point. so. I think so. Because that's yeah. very unique. Yeah. That's a very unique story creature. I don't think that's got any. Well, I guess we'll find out for for the episode that we'll we'll inevitably do. But I don't yeah. think that's got any sort of historical provenance. That is just the brainchild of somebody. The other thing with the djinn, because he is this just magical entity, it's not like a, hu a mutated human or whatever. It's just this thing. Mm -hmm. He speaks perfect English, but mm -hmm. do you think that's just a case of wherever he is, he can communicate with whatever? Like if probably yeah like yeah. i think because i think like i think the 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 um mythology behind jinn is that they are these sort of all-powerful creatures um like you know world altering universe altering their, like, their magic is strong or whatever yeah. so yeah i think they are just but it's like a bit like a babel fish kind of thing like you'll hear whatever you you need to hear to understand yes. kind of thing yeah possibly possibly um he's just because i think there's also well there's the scene where he's he sucks alexandra into the um into the crystal and he's also in the crystal and outside the crystal at the same time so i think there's an element that they like in our reality and outside of our reality as well so they probably yeah. have that sort of can see forward in time and back in time sort of element to them as well they're kind of all powerful all knowing it's all singing dancing it's like how we mentioned earlier about how the rules are kind of loose they're not very strict mm. i guess same with what you just said it's a little bit loose with how they he could bend reality yeah. and talk and i guess you kind of you dig yourself into a hole like i Force yourself into a corner if you make the rules too strict, oh, because sure, one yeah, yeah. one little fuck up and it it really doesn't it it messes everything up. Whereas this, if you leave it a bit loose, it's, it could be to the audience's interpretation. It can just be left to people's imagination. Anytime you notice anything out of the ordinary, say a gin did it. That's that's yeah, what it that's is. That's good. That's good. <laughs> and it's also remember, it's magic. Yeah, it's, it's not magic. real. It's magic. Um, he's doing magic. Um, speaking of which, uh, we should probably talk a little bit more about some of the deaths. Um, yes, yes, which are wonderfully ironic and and um, oh. in there in how they play out. I feel so sorry for that poor shop assistant. I'm glad you were going to say her girl. <laughs> She's she just a totally innocent <laughs> person. She's obviously really nice. She's really helpful. Because everybody else is kind of an asshole. I mean, the the bum yeah. has obviously like just had that. Uh, admittedly, he's probably the victim in that exchange, but he's a little bit aggressive and what have you. The Kane Hodder's security guard is, you know, a bit of an asshole. Similarly, yeah. Tony Todd's character. Um, the cop, that not poor so girl. much. Who's that? Sorry. So the the cop in the station, not so much. Oh no no no! Oh, that's a good scene though. That is a good scene. It's a bit Robocop-y, we'll that scene. It is a bit. We'll get to that. Yeah. But yeah, but, but that oh. but that poor that poor girl. She's yeah. just being a nice, helpful. She's trying to maybe trying to get a little extra commission that day. And uh, yeah, the gin 
Would you like your beauty to be preserved forever? <laughs> <laughs> and this is this is uh, his first, uh, shall we say, meeting or first bit of activity after stealing the face from the school. Yeah, Nelson, where he becomes human, appearance. his human form. As, know, he wants yeah, to get some new threads. It's chosen to human form. That's it. He's buying a suit, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and he's yeah, he's all debonair and devilish. Yeah, and yeah, turns that poor girl into a mannequin. <laughs> well, does he turn her, or does he encase her in a mannequin? Oh, well, that's because a good question. Because the the eyes uh, revolve. Do it, they move? The eyes move. Yeah. Ah. I mean, neither well, way I mean, is great. <laughs> neither's good. I guess being encased within is a little bit more macabre. Yeah. And probably a little bit more sort of fitting. Yeah. I never noticed the eyes move. That's a good spot. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. not sure about that. Yeah, they they sort of do the the roll back so you can see the whites mm. of her eyes, but I don't know. Uh, the the mannequin is it doesn't really mean anything. But the mannequin she was a very slim woman. The mannequin itself, though, was a very slim mannequin. So it's mm-hmm. either yeah, way. That, yeah, I mean, that might just be what doesn't mean get anything. the hands on prop wise. Yeah. but I don't know because I guess I guess the thing is that like all the all the kills. Mm. are quite quite violent or quite painful so i think if the jinn has well he does he if he's going to choose am i turning this person into a statue or am i encasing a person in a statue i think he's probably going to go for the latter i believe just, i believe so yeah but the, speaking of these... statues there are statues all over this movie oh you notice? This, they are there is everywhere a... There is a specific statue. That, did you? Did you? You I definitely did. noticed it. <laughs> and I, I did the, I did the Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, in Robert England's uh, extravagant collection of exotic uh, statues from past, shall we say, empires, mm-hmm. centuries ago, he has a Pazuzu statue. Um, I obviously you know Pazuzu from The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. I I never really knew is, is Pazuzu a real life uh, folklore mythological he, yes god yes, or whatever I'm demon. Sure, uh, it, it wasn't just made up. It wasn't. It nope. wasn't just made up for it. So Mesopotamian he, god of so the wind he has it right. So he has it. That was. I don't know. Would you? I don't know if that would be classed as an Easter egg or. It's just... definitely. I think it's definitely yeah. an Easter egg. I it mean, was really like, fun to see it for the, for the same reason that we've got um, Robert England, Kane Hodder, yeah. Tony Todd, um, and every, every, all the other little horror movie references in there. Yeah. Um, or little cameos. Robert Kurtzman gets a cameo in the party scene at the end. He's the guy wrapped up in piano wire. Oh, fantastic! Um, fantastic. Yeah, the the choice of the Pazuzu statue has got to be deliberate. Yeah. And I actually paused that scene to have a look at everything else that was in that shot because I was there was a small statue, a smaller statue to the right of the Pazuzu, like as well to Pazuzu's right, the left as we we yeah. saw it. And I thought for a second it was the little um, oh, I forget the name, the little tribal doll that comes alive and kills people i'm gonna have a look now while we're in because i've got it here 
Uh, oh, what? In the Trilogy of Terror. Trilogy of Terror? Yeah, I'll show you the image of it and you must... Uh, you Here we go. You'll know what I mean. The Zuni fetish doll from... Right. There's Pazuzu. Um, so yeah, there's a little there's a little figure to his left. Um, that chap. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm looking. It wasn't. It wasn't hit after the no, fact. I realised, but it looks a bit taller. This one still yeah, got the the was. wild hair. But Pazuzu, yeah, he's doing the right hand up. Um, but yeah, it's definitely Pazuzu, and that's got to be. I mean, he, yeah, say he's a real. A yeah. real god from uh, ancient Mesopotamia, but I'm sure That's... it's a deliberate choice, a little Easter egg there, because. Well, I like that it wasn't hidden in the background. It's, it's oh, there. Yeah. It's there on show for you to look mm -hmm. at. But all these, all these fun kills that you mentioned, like they're they're kind of just scattered around the story of the film, which is very straightforward in a way of. The Wishmaster is oh, yeah. trying to get to Alex. Yeah, much, yeah, yeah. She's the one that the, the stuff. That's it. I mean, apart from a friend at the beginning, there are no... It, it's not like he's picking off her friends and family. They're all sort of unrelated. They're Just... all in his way, in a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, quite literally in terms of Kane Hodder. Ah, uh, Kane Hodder's death. So... We've got to mention it. It's it's the only one that looks a little bit lame. When was Terminator Two out? I think it 91. was ninety. When Robert Patrick walks through the the when Robert Patrick walks through the bars in the asylum that Sarah Connor's in, it looks fantastic. Now, granted, the budget was higher. They had yeah. uh, Stan Winston with the effects, but the effects here for um, Kane Hodder's security guard being. Was he trapped in the glass doors? He's incorporated, turned into a stained glass yeah. version of himself. I, I don't, I mean, however you want to describe it. Yeah. He's made, yeah, he's made part of the door and then shattered. The well, fact. <laughs> not just shattered, he, he walks, literally walks through him, and we have like weird sort of bubble effect as he yeah. comes through. And then he shatters, which. Well, I don't know why they didn't just turn him into glass and then literally smash yeah, the window. The, Would have been a better shot, I think. But the the shattering itself, uh, it felt like a transition. It felt like a transitional shot, like a star wipe. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I very very random. It, this film came out the same year as Cube, one of my favorite horror films. Oh, I love Cube. And the effects in that were a bit questionable at times. Yeah. And I, the, the, it felt like an effect from Cube. I don't know why. It just, of the mid it, to late 90s, it, low budget effects. Low budget CGI. Yeah. It does it does stick out. It does stick out. And it, it definitely sticks out by our standards today. Of course. Of, of course. You know, it, it definitely, it dates it a lot. Um yeah, I think there are better ways you could have done that. The the with, bit that well, I'll just say with with a physical a physical breaking of the of the door yeah. would have worked better than this CGI smashing. I think. 
Oh, fuck it. Get a, get a matte painter to paint Kane Hodder on this window. <laughs> just get, to paint a, a, a portrait of Kane Hodder and then just, I don't know, have have an impact on the glass so it just shatters and then his body just falls yeah. to the floor. Anything. It, it, was, it was pretty bad. But the best bit of that scene is when the djinn is trying to, again, manipulate Kane Hodder's words to let him in to yeah. the building. And Kane Hodder's character was not falling for it. But the djinn seems to, again, more rules, seems to have to do whatever he's told in a way, in some ways. And Kane Hodder says, I want you to leave. And the djinn mm. sort of is forced, his body is forced to turn around yeah, yeah. and go, I am leaving now. And I was quite comical. Because um, it's almost like, well, he's, I, so he's controlled that way as well. I guess so. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, so, I didn't actually pick up on that, but that's a good shout. I guess I guess it is. I guess that comes under the... the we've got the power to grant wishes, but by yeah. a certain... But there's a certain element of they're, they're forced to. They're, mm. And certainly in other... Um, genie stories like aladdin probably being the best example the the jinns are the, the genies are portrayed as slaves in most cases yeah aren't they? yeah they're forced to do this um so yeah i guess i guess there is a, a compulsion there to follow the orders which is why he stops and but that must that must come up a lot that what well people must and just in general everyday speech how often do you get an indirect order like that from somebody that tells yeah. you to do something and you literally have to follow every every directive that you're given um yeah. but also why you couldn't twist that like i yeah. want you to go away now i mean well oh, i suppose oh. that's not too easy to twist into uh throwing it back on them i suppose but your yeah if he was to say like your wish is my command to i want you to leave now that doesn't really give the impression that it could affect kane hodder's character one bit yeah i don't think you could like twist that too. you mentioned the, the store clerk i want to be beautiful forever okay well, mm -hmm. change to a mannequin yeah. can be beautiful he could have got away like with if that. it like if it had said get out i want you to get out of my sight then it'd have like, yeah, yeah 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 mortuary technician it'd have had his eyes taken out or whatever do you remember um, what he says to, to make that happen he says because he's cutting he's cutting the gin is cutting off the guy's face yeah. and he says i imagine this is something you don't want to see that's it yes but uh, he's manipulated he's said it yeah so that he's in he's hoping the assistant will say yes so essentially yeah he sets up the wish and he's just yeah he just needs him to agree to it there's also several unnecessary statues in that mortuary which takes me back to what i was saying earlier about there being statues everywhere in this film there's about half a dozen at the back of that mortuary and i'm like pretty sure you don't have need decorative statues in a morgue generally <laughs> but I'm glad they I've, are all over the place i'm glad i've got this film to hand now i'm, I'm having a look mortuary here we go just fast forward that vhs <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what i'm doing i'm watching a legit <laughs> copy right now um ah we'll get onto that in a minute fire we'll get onto that i've i have problems with the fire aspect of this uh mortuary assistant here we go now she gets a vision here she gets visions throughout yeah and I don't know where that really comes from either. It's not. 
overly clear as to how she's so connected to it. Is it from when she was? Oh, there's I. There, uh, by the way, in the mortuary, they're the statues of like human body. They're like. Oh, okay, that statues. makes a yeah. bit more sense then, I suppose. Um, At a glance, I thought it was just. Well, I didn't know what I thought it was, but uh, prolific yeah, okay, medical science museum, <laughs> science medical. That makes um, that makes sense then, I guess. When she first stands, well, yeah, it does. When she first inspects the the gem, uh, the gem kind of reacts to it, and I don't know if maybe there's some sort of power that goes into her, mm. attaches to her, that she's somehow linked to the jinn. That whenever he commits his atrocities, that she feels it. Yeah, I, you don't really get. It's not very clear. Well, we know that we know that she's the one that's ta- targeted as being the one that awoke the jinn. Yeah, but. I mean, does she? Do, do we have any significant scene of a rubbing that jewel or anything like that? Like, it just seems to be because you're the main character, so you're the one that's going to be targeted. But yeah, arguably, there are well, a friend for one, but there are other people that come into contact with that gem beforehand. So there's no reason why it should be her as such. I forgot about this bit that when her friend, her best friend, does die, uh, the first, the first death from the gym basically and it's a crime scene basically you know there's police everywhere he's laying on the floor she's able just to run into oh, the she waltzes la- right in doesn't she yeah how have they just not scree- gone and screaming her head off as well it's not like calm like I, I was watching that and i specifically thought or oh, maybe she said or oh, this is where my my friend works or no I no was, but no 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 she just walks in screaming his name throws herself at his feet uh, at his his side it runs past some police officers and then the detective's like whoa whoa slow down who are you (laughs) no you can't just run into a crime scene like (laughs) no other police officers from the street to the the building's entrance entrance that have managed to stop her she's just tackled her way through (laughs) we get a bit of um background though to alex's like past and the story about how her parents she still feels guilty about her parents Mm -hmm. dying in the house fire and she got her younger sister shannon out so she's got this recurring ptsd i guess about you know the dying in the fire and whatnot but she still sleeps with lit candles on at the end of her bed (laughs) i was so annoyed when i saw that not that scared of fire. I mean, is is that really relevant? Is some extra flavour sprinkled in? I don't think it, it has any relevance. I mean, obviously, it's set up later on that she, uh, her sister's trapped in the painting and the gin yeah, adds the fire to but... it and she escapes. But that would be pressing enough whether you had a past trauma involving house fire or yeah. not. So exactly. it, it just seems to be sprinkled in there as a little bit of extra flavor for the character because yeah it's not relevant to why she's selected as the one or it's no yeah it's even her guilt within uh, regarding the the house fire doesn't really crop up or relate to anything no no regarding basketball coaching the young girls has more relevance on the oh what was that about um is it it stop and think or something stop yeah 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 smell the rose (laughs) focus yeah fly Um, yeah that's just reminding me speaking of flying and the death sequences the a million dollar life insurance policy oh 
<laughs> I love that scene. Feels like a family guy cutaway gag. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like, so it's like seven seconds long. That and we is don't how... even see the aftermath of it. We don't even get to see him find out that that's how he's got the money. It just... It's, it's like, at, oh, I can at... give you a million dollars. <laughs> this is not long after um, the gin has got into the auction house uh, building. He's got past Kane Hodder, and I think he's then speaking to Alex's boss, the sleazy guy, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's just, he wants to know where Alex is, get her address. Mm-hmm. And they go back and forth. But the wish itself, it's just out of nowhere. <laughs> and you actually kind of, I had to think about it to make, I had to try and understand how this makes sense. Okay, uh, he she must be a mother, flying, inheritance. Okay. Yeah. It's so mad. I'm going to leave it all to my son. But why is she signing a life insurance <laughs> policy seconds before stepping on a plane as well? You've never done like, it? <laughs> it's just everything about it's really weird. But it's so quick as well. It's literally, oh, I'm going to leave the money to my son. Sign it. Plane exploding. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's not even... It's not even a shot of the plane exploding. It's the plane flying off. It's some stock footage of plane, a plane <laughs> flying off with an explosion plugged in on top like of it. Over the top yeah. Of it. yeah. <laughs> and you, you know, you always go, you know, go on the easy jet flight to know Spain or something. You got to sign those waivers for where <laughs> your next of kin, where you want your possessions and savings to go. I mean, where and like, like where, where are you flying to <laughs> that you you're offered a million dollar policy? Like, but yeah, we we don't see what happens to him, do we? And there's no aftermath for it. There's no. It's, that's purely just for the audience. He never finds out that he's he's getting that money and that he's died. And or has he? Maybe the the negative side of that wish is that his mum has been blown into a million pieces well it is i mean it is yeah you get yeah. a million dollars the, the you know the reason for it the negative yeah. effect is that your mother's died for you to get that money but we never see him no. finding that in, information out it's just it's literally a cutaway gag and then it moves on and it's it does stick out like a sore thumb it's hilarious i enjoyed it immensely um and the other, I guess, if we're going through the the, the minor deaths throughout, is uh, oh the police officer. Oh, here we go. The police yeah, officer. The police. Yeah. But before that, the again, the gene is trying to work out, trying to dis- he's, he's doing a bit of detective work with himself. He's trying to find mm-hmm. where Alex lives, so he goes to the police officer's desk in the police station, and to the side is that uh, bum who's being questioned for murder. Who? I was convinced, I did look it up and it's not, but I was convinced it was Luke Wilson. Exactly what I thought. I thought really? it was Luke Wilson. <laughs> I, was I thought like, it was Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. I'm sure that's Luke. It's the spit of him. Yep. Yeah, I thought so too, but the, no- <laughs> the nose just wasn't that, wasn't big enough. So, uh, But at a glance, yeah. definitely. So, wish Luke Wilson... Yeah, is being interviewed on, a, on an adjacent desk. <laughs> yeah, and our detective is is just he's talking to the gin, just wishing, uh, wishing or pleading to himself that he just hopes that this guy, this this scumbag, gets locked up and gets what he deserves. And he gets more than that; he gets blown away 
because he the, the, again this is back to the rules the gin is able to with, with his finger just yeah uh take control of this scumbag magically who picks up one of the cops guns and just starts blasting blasting everywhere which then results in him getting blasted away by the other cops but yeah. he's able just to do it whenever he wants but i thought he needs a specific wish to then grant powers well yeah that's the thing it doesn't need to you, you, there's no i you don't need that i wish no i wish this will happen Although, actually, maybe thinking about it, he does say, I wish that we could get that guy dead to rights with nine eyeball witnesses or something. Yeah. So I think in that specific situation, he does actually say, I wish. But, yeah, it, it's... It, it's almost like you just need to say it out loud in his presence. You don't need mm. to say it to him. It doesn't need to be, Tom, I wish that this guy gets caught it's just you could just express it and it'll it'll come off and it'll happen but yeah he again maybe a little bit of a genie did it magical manipulation because that gun is really easily within reach it's just somebody's I... left like the, like the de detective that's interviewing him has just taken his gun out sat down and put it on the desk next to him because he gets off his seat there. it's just there um, it's just there. It's a good well, little scene, though. Very lots of blood packs popping off left and right. It's, uh, we, it's good fun. We come back to that scene though with the cop when he's ringing Alex with some information. I'm just trying to find it now as to because he dies on the phone. I, I can't remember. Uh, he, I think he just has like a heart attack. The, the gin just caused him to have a heart attack or something on the phone, which Alex then gets the premonition and feels it herself. Um. Yeah, th th it doesn't look like there's anything substantial that really happens to him on camera. No. Um. So yeah, there's a there's a nice sprinkling of just deaths to keep him busy throughout the world. Yeah, Stories yeah, progressing. Yeah. One of the other characters that we do meet. Um. Is she like the theater teacher, uh, or, or she's a director? Oh, uh, she's that a Robert professor. England, a professor, yeah, yeah, she's a professor of history. I think specializing in like the Middle East or yeah. folklore of the Middle East, or she's a genie expert essentially. Yeah, and yeah. she's the one that states, "Oh, the gin, they're not like your Robin Williams types." Mm -hmm. From I quite I like that little mention. It's a really like, yeah, cool. Because they must have been. When was Disney's Aladdin? They must. They must have been around the same time. I would have thought so. Yeah, mid nineties. I mean, it was 92, Aladdin ninety two? Yeah, Aladdin and Lion King were very close together. I remember. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Aladdin was ninety two. So, yeah, this this is five years, five years but, later. So Robin Williams very yeah. much a genie in everybody's mind at that point. But she's kind of um, your your exposition bit. After yeah. Robert England says, go to her, she'll tell you what's up. Mm. She'll tell all of you, the audience, what's 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 up, basically. All, all about genies. Yeah. Um, does, she, does anything untoward happen to her? Yeah, she loses her face. <laughs> oh, God, I just blanked on this totally. So, there's actually a really cool scene I quite liked. This is when 
um, the gin in human form is looking for Alex. He's 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 just stumbling around this apartment. We don't know whose apartment it is, but I think you assume it's Alex's mm-hmm. because you don't see much of Alex's apartment to begin with. He's stumbling around. He's a, he's being a dick. He changes the time on one of the clocks. Like what a dick move. Mm-hmm. When Alex then later on goes to this said apartment, you only see her enter through the front door. You don't, the camera doesn't follow her through. When she's in the apartment, you start to recognize, hang on, this is the same apartment from earlier on where the gym was. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh, I forget her name, the woman we were just discussing. Yeah, the, the what is her name? Professor somebody or other. Yeah. So it's her apartment. So the gin has been in her apartment, but then the character herself is acting a bit strange. So you start to build up um, thoughts in your head and trying to work it out yourself, thinking, okay, is she in danger? Is this her? Has the gin turned turned into her? Because as we've seen before, all he needs is a face to turn into a mm-hmm. human form. And you start to work Wendy. it out yourself. Wendy. Professor Wendy Durleth, she's called. Okay, so you start, yeah, you're starting to work it out yourself. And then when there, there are some lines that she starts to mention that seem very out of place for her character, more in place for the djinn, you're like, okay, she's dead somewhere. He's taken her face, which you do see. You see the skin face of Wendy on a bed, I think, in the bedroom. Yeah. And I think that's when Alex starts to work it out as well. So I like that. that I always love it when you are working stuff out along the main character, which I discussed mm-hmm. with the Wicker Man you know perfect yeah perfect examples so that was cool and then that's where we lead into the um amazing set design of the wishmaster's domain yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's, I just, oh. I, it's yeah. it's very very cheap looking yeah because i always i always think about sets like i mentioned earlier about how the original Persian castle would look like a set because they never showed any windows well, windows in Persia, you know holes in the walls to look so you could see outside the mansion at the end all the windows were per- were frosted or clouded because it's a set if they weren't you could see through to the studio this set of the Wishmaster's domain it, it just got me thinking okay it was meant to be some sort of cave okay meant to be some sort of cave or whatever wherever we are What's outside of these cheaply made tunnels? What what am I trying? What do I need to imagine is outside? Is there these fantasy castles, these fantasy lands? Like, what is it? I mean, is it? I I took it to be the interior of the jewel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That probably because is what it is. Because there's a scene where he's looking. We see his eye looking into it. So, so is it's it like just... it's like the interior. You know. To, do the arabian nights or i dream of genie or whatever it it's like the inside of the lamp yes yeah 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 yeah. makes sense where he resides i mean physically that's a tent that they put up in a sound stage (laughs) we've got to cut some holes in it (laughs) a couple of smoke machines at the bottom yeah and it's it's very very basic but But then if 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 it's like so like that right it's arched right Mm -hmm. what is the floor solid is the floor just nice pathway? <laughs> like, yeah. Has he carved that out? <laughs> a, a genie did it. A genie. It's magic. Did it. Sorry, it's magic. Yeah, it's magic. That's all you need to know. It's just magic. She gets chased um, yeah, by. Yeah, his... it's anybody's best guess, I guess. 
Um, but yeah, I, I took it to be the interior of the jewel. Um, she gets chased yeah. by his uh, pet dog. Yeah, he put a little, which I thought may have been Vern Troyer. But... <laughs> Hey, you might as well get get the money's worth out of him. Um, yeah, his little weird dog, Skeksis sort of thing. Uh, it, I was, was... it really reminded me of something else, and I still, for the life of me, cannot remember what or think what it's reminding me of. I I got a bit of Predator Two vibes from the ship at the end of Predator oh, Two. Oh yeah, but... that's a good shout. Yeah, 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 that is a good shout. Yeah, no, same same for me. I was looking at it and thinking, seen like almost like I've seen this set before. This yeah. has been reused somewhere else. And I, I couldn't mean, decide whether it was a music video. Look at that. Maybe. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's it. I think that's the vibe, definitely. Predator, the Predator 2 ship. Waist, waist deep smoke. Yeah, the lots orange red tint. Lights, yeah, orangey red tint and lots of sort of lights behind panels and sheets and things um it also a little bit as well and i think it's just i i actually wondered if it was deliberate again but little bit of alien three vibes yeah with yeah. the the this foundry scene at the end and we're seeing the from the xenomorph pov and it's running all tunnels and over the ceilings and things yeah for and, sure but also bill and ted's bogus journey when they go to hell and they've been chased by the evil the easter bunny through the tunnels very like, all of films. that was sort of going on in my head while watching them. um but yeah no i think you've nailed it there mate i think it the predator 2 ship is what i was what it, it resembles the most yeah definitely okay, more of a think on that but it's the the only one off the top of my head i can think of that really resembles it um yeah, that's it's a it's a shame, and it is, and it's it's got a bit of soul to the movie, you know. It is what it is. Like it's it's yeah. the out of all the effects, it's probably the least appealing, uh, well made, shall we say? It's it feels a bit rushed. Yeah, it feels yeah a little bit Cl Klingon ship from Star Trek. Yeah, I think they're all red tinged and dark and smoky like that certainly one of the star trek movies um yeah it's like oh quick we need we need the we need the interior of the jewel uh what have we got yeah i could cut some holes in this sheet yeah sure do that i think they could have gone you look at you look at a crystal i mean the, the, the jewel itself like i said was pristine it was lovely but crystals normally it's ang angular angular yeah. mirror, right so do either angular mirrors with or angular glass mm -hmm. um maybe bl uh gla glass but not uh black out the backs of the glass with red mm -hmm. red vinyl whatever and then dim the lights keep the smoke but just have it a bit more yeah. crystal crystal like I th uh, yeah i think they could have done better to make it look more crystal i think that yeah that's the issue um and it does and, and i'd say even it's not even a something that's just aged poorly i think it's it's a bit naff just completely oh you wouldn't get away with that nowadays <laughs> no 
No. Yeah, it it doesn't. It it they could have made it look a lot more. Con, you know, visually made that. Uh, yeah. That were inside the jewel uh, a little bit stronger. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, after that, we come to the crescendo, the the, the mansion uh, scenes. Uh, Robert Bruce England's Wayne's mansion, manor. which is a fucking maze of corridors. Um, when uh, there's, there's a bit towards, I'm rushing ahead in this mansion. When, when shit hits the fan and this, this party at the mansion, when she's running down the corridors, it's like mm-hmm. run down this, turn left, run to right, left. There, there are no the, doors. There are no. There's rooms. no doors. It's just, <laughs> it's just corridors. <laughs> it's literally just corridor. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, with with all these sort of statues of um, warriors lining, it, which reminded me very much of the Wayne Manor scene in, I think it's the first Michael Keaton Batman movie. Yeah. Where he's got a similar collection of weapons Eccentric and armor. Eccentric millionaire. Yeah. Which I hope one day to aspire to something similar <laughs> because it is a vibe I'm here for. Um, having the little ninja statues and the Roman soldier and such. Dude, those... They're very cool. Those, those were... Yeah, we had some great practical gore effects, but the four statues that come alive at the end of this film are incredible. They look effects great. Effects-wise. They, obviously, they're someone in a suit, right? They're uh-huh. something in a suit, but the effects on them look fantastic. They're not... Yeah. They're human faces painted or airbrushed. Mm. They they are wearing latex masks or whatever, but they, they look and move like statues that are moving yeah yeah, yeah they're yeah. fantastic yeah it's really it is really good i mean you, you can as soon as she enters that no oh you knew it you know full well they're gonna come to life <laughs> they're they're side but, by side two on each side prominent camera shot okay we're dealing with these guys <laughs> but it is it's yeah you can see it coming it's very very telegraph but it's not it does not disappoint they, they come alive and like the guy that gets hit with the mace in the face oh, it dents his skull it's, it's very very graphic it's, it's the little yeah. touches though that like, it's a done. mace it wouldn't just boing knock him yeah, out boing, with a few birds flying around his head and looking dizzy it yeah it, it does what it's meant in to do dented his skull <laughs> it does what it's meant to do it absolutely obliterates his head yeah, no, it's brilliant. I liked it a lot. The whole scene, uh, like like it's his party, and then what did you say he he asked for? I, I th- he, well, again, it's the gin sort of setting it up and suggesting it. He yeah. says something along the line. I can't remember, but it's something along the lines of, "I once, I once served somebody who wanted one of their parties to be talked about forever or to go down in history yeah. or something like that." Like I can do the same for you is essentially what he says. Yeah, and he says, "Oh yeah, I'd like it. this." Is Robert? He's, oh yeah, I'd like that. Yeah, he's he's all for it. So then he, you know, wiggles his nose. Oh, and we get an array of array of deaths here as well. Clicks his fingers, and yeah, everything kicks off, and the yeah. piano attacks somebody, and Pazuzu gets involved. Pazuzu gets involved. Statues come alive. Um, what else do we have? One, well, one, the first one is a, is a, a woman who, she suddenly, she turns to glass or silver or metal. That's she just it. She solidifies. She, yeah. She says something like, 
you're, you've always been able to see through me. Yeah. And instantly turns into crystal. That's and it. Glass and then um, explodes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One guy gets uh, like a bolt through. It's like the side of his cheek into his mm-hmm. mouth. The Pazuzu one, I believe. Hang on, I've got it here. Um, uh, Pazuzu. I am Pazuzu. <laughs> Fuck that film. Uh, oh, it's, oh, here she is. Here she is. So she's turned to glass. Oh, oh, there's the, the spike through the cheek, the piano wire. Very Hellraiser-esque, that piano wire one. It is. It is. Oh, we have another little Hellraiser scene. Oh, In yeah. the crystal earlier, we have the... Uh, yes! It's all the previous wishes that have been granted, all their various torture, or being tortured or being imprisoned. It's supposedly their souls have been captured, isn't it? And it's Bit the detective's a... chest flayed. Yeah. Bit of Event Horizon as well, I thought. Mm. Um, yeah, it's all four of them, right? It's uh, the store clerk in the mannequin. Yeah. The, the, oh, the homeless well, guy. There we go then. You, yeah, the detective with his chest flayed. So that's, yeah, yeah. in theory, how he bit it. Um, the student mm. uh, in the science uh, school of medicine with his eyes uh, yeah. stitched shut. And who was the other one? Is it Kane Hodder? Uh, I don't think we actually see him, but he will be in there at some point. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're led to believe. Because we're hearing, like, wails and stuff from, like, off-camera and behind the walls and things. I think it's basically... I think we're yeah. supposed to... Understand, we're led to believe that every wish that's granted, the soul of that mm. person becomes trapped in that jewel. So... I don't think we see Kane Hodder again, but it's implied that he's there yeah. because every, uh, all the other victims are. I, I found the Pazuzu death. So it's like he's moved the statue into the main hall because the statue was in his collector's room and the statue mm-hmm. is now in this main hall where everyone's having the party. So it looks like these snakes or his Pazuzu's fingers suddenly elongate and come out like snakes. The one oh it's a snake one flies into this guy's face and literally embeds it into his mm. face there and that's a pretty cool effect that looks a bit um the thing sort of the gooey yeah is that the same guy that we later see strung upside down and they're all like eating his neck and his chest or who, who, who is the victim like I thought it was I must have glanced away or something at that point, but I thought he was being eaten by piranhas. And there's a guy like he's he's I up, don't he's remember that. suspended upside down, and there are little no, what I don't I think to be piranhas chewing on his piranhas throat. Yeah, I mean, Same it might film. not be. The man. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember the any of that. The thing I've watched recently is the Forever Purge, and it definitely didn't happen in that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, here we go. Wish my oh, his neck tentacles are moving about. There we go. This is what you wished for. Oh, another little cameo. The pharmacy yeah. customer mentioned it is Tom Savini. The pharmacy customer is it? I thought it was. I saw those beautiful yeah. black locks of his. Mm-hmm. 
I thought it was. He always has to get involved. He get, gets a yeah. little role every now and then, doesn't he? Oh, we also have uh, the Jack the Ripper character jumping out of the painting. And uh, Oh, Christ. Yeah, you're right. Cutting somebody's throat. Yeah. There's a... Oh, here we go. Okay, I found... Sorry, the guy hanging upside down. Mm-hmm. I don't... It's, a, it's just someone. It's just somebody and else. It's, it's about. It's like his neck, and a little bit further down his body, to basically above where his heart is. Mm. There's like these little tentacles, just yeah, ta- tails just flapping around. I don't really know what's going on. Um, I, I think it's, it must be something. That, I think it'll come out. It's either just like a blinker, you'll miss it, or something that's just it's happened and we we didn't see it, but this is the aftermath of it, sort of thing. Fantastic. And then, oh, the next cut is the gin just down in a glass of champagne and walking <laughs> through all the madness. <laughs> it's a chaotic scene. It really is. Unless it's a, maybe it's a deleted scene. Maybe there is deleted Dude, scenes the... showing. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, the, the little creature. It's just. Yeah. And, oh, my God. And then Robert England gets it really bad. Well, he um, pukes out. <clears throat> yes, that's that's where the little, it's like a little creature comes out. That's yeah. I was thinking about that as well. Looked like somebody had melted, but it's not. It's that he vomits up some beast. The special features for the that four is it, was it four K? Was it HD? Is it just Blu-ray? Uh, I think it's just Blu-ray. Either way, the special features have got to be fun for this. This, this series. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. I'm going to try and get that box set. Yeah, I think I'm going to as well now. <laughs> I'm I'm in. But, uh, yeah, the, the whole end scene, this whole end scene in his uh, mansion is just, it's so chaotic. It's, it's great fun. Yeah, it is good. Oh, it's, it's good, and it's a nice mirror in prologue as well, where we, we get, you know... The, the it's it's the yeah. it's the gene it's the gin on the edge of winning basically he's about to you know he only needs one more wish or whatever he's yeah ready to ready to sort of demonstrate his power and let the sparks fly and he's not necessarily trying to hide himself anymore. you see that yeah that's a, look that's at that shot. shot the shot i've <laughs> just sent uh through our chat is what we just discussed about five minutes ago about the four statues <laughs> that come to life that the camera is just dead center of this hallway to either side with alex in the middle and they are positioned perfectly to the point of yeah they are going to be involved in the next shot no matter what 100 percent, yeah 100 they are not that is not scenery that is something no. that's going to come into play <laughs> jack the ripper yeah um yeah, the Jack the Ripper was a fun was a fun one. Um, yeah, I forgot all about it. Yeah, my girlfriend turned to me and said, "Why would you have a pot painting of Jack the Ripper?" <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, it can't really be anything else, can it? I think I, I think he's credited as the Ripper. I, th- I did wonder if it was meant to be um, Doctor uh, Jekyll, Mister Hyde, at first, but I think it's credited as the Ripper.
how do you what do you think about how this film ends um as in the wish that she makes to win yeah and then leading on to have we gone back in time have we restarted time has everyone forgotten what's happened and we're just yeah we're not really we don't really so basically she she wishes that the crane operator hadn't been drinking on the job yeah she thinks back to it yeah um and it flashes up his name several times and i can't remember what his name is um joe Pilar. but yeah he he mickey torelli right um oh it's it's joseph Pilar. Yeah, That's his character. Yeah, it's Rhodes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she she wishes. Yeah, she she makes the wish that he hadn't been drinking on the job the day or two days ago is what she says. I wish she hadn't been drinking on the job two days ago. So essentially, that comes true, which means he didn't bungle the statue lift, which means it didn't break, which means the jewel wasn't found. So it effectively undoes everything, nice and neat, and there's no way that. It can be twisted. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's it it works. It, it it does. It does. Argue. I mean, it's taking a bit of a gamble that he's competent at his job anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's also taking a gamble that wishing for something in the past will work. Yeah. Yeah. Because the past doesn't exist. It's yeah happened. So that that kind of again plays loose with us with the their rules of reality, time, time, and whatnot. It does, it does. But I think it's I think it's quite clever. I think it's quite a clever. It is. Um. Given yeah, just because it's um. How would you do it otherwise? You know. Mm. Uh, it wraps it up nice and neatly, and it does. Nice little it does work. Like there's no yeah, there's no real explanation as to whether um uh they do anybody remembers anything? I don't think I no. mean, we see Alexandra Well she well, I don't know, does she maybe she does because she takes up her friend's offer of a date, doesn't she? Yeah. Um, she says, yeah. Oh, you know, which which, unless she kind of knew that he, how she felt, he died, and how she felt, um, it's. Um, but she's just done a complete. But it's like for no reason. Does she know what has happened in those two days? Yet she's yeah. Well, back we, in do, time. we we get yeah. no concrete evidence, do we? Apart well, from no one else she knows. Decides, no. Apart from she decides that she's going to go on a date with her friend because if she if this was all back in time back to the point of the crate being dropped from the uh boat and she is at the state of two days ago that mm. means she has no idea that a gin exists that the gem exists that this could possibly happen like what if another thing happens and the gem gets stolen and broken and the gin escapes like this could all happen again technically it's just yeah. that scenario that way of the gem escape being 
found and sold in the gin escaping is the scenario that's not going to happen. It could happen another way. I mean, it could. And, you know, arguably the gin twisted that wish that, yeah, all right, it wasn't drinking on the job that, a, you know, a pigeon flew at his face and startled him or, you know what I mean? <laughs> it could have engineered something. Potentially yeah. it could have engineered something else to go, to go wrong. Um, but, you know, he didn't. So there, there is again. It's not not wishy washy rules, but it's that that vagueness of the, yeah. the the fact that the rules are vague means that we can't really question it too closely because you know there's there's been there's no parameters really, mm. and I don't mind that. Can and can't control. No, like I said, I think it works. Um, and so yeah, he's sealed back up in the in the gem and mm. we get that shot of it zooming through the center of the statue and into there and he you know gives his Wrapped. little laugh or whatever he does um and i'll i don't know i'd have to I'd have to pick up the second movie and find out how we how he gets out that time because i can't is, remember it's a long time since i saw problem, it problem is i now want to discuss the other movies <laughs> well we'll have to do them yeah, because we'll this have been, to do. This I'm really, fun. really pleased. Yeah, I'm really, really pleased that it stood up in my, as as it did in my memory. I mean, you know, it's not it's not a blockbuster. It's not a must see, but it's a lot of fun. Definitely an enjoyable watch. It's not scary. No, it's, it's not scary not. at all. Um, it's an eighteen, and yeah, it can fall into the horror genre for sure, but. Uh-huh. It's not scary. It's I don't know what how you would class it. I mean, yeah, fan, horror fantasy. It's more like I say, more of a sort of fantasy film. Yeah, horror fantasy. Uh, yeah, and and like I say, well, like we've said, it could could be a could have been a TV movie. It's or it could have been an extended episode of you know Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Or yeah. Something like that. Yeah, it's not. Mm. You could sanitize it quite easily. I mean, we. Oh, very the, much so. The rating, the rating must come from the language and must come from the occasional glimpses of the the, the gory bits, which th- there's a a decent amount, but it's not saturated. Yeah. Um. I mean, some of the kills are bloodless completely. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I guess if it was released today, pro- I don't think it'd, it'd get an 18 certificate. Maybe a 15. I wonder how long the gap was between each film. Like what? What they did four? They did four, yeah. Um, series. So let's see when they were released. Uh, 1999. Two, two Oh wow, they're really close. Two thousand one and two thousand two. Oh okay. So within the span of four years, uh, five years, they got four films out of it. They churned, yeah, they churned them out. Um, looks like different people playing the gin. Uh oh no. Uh, so two. Um, okay, so Divoff plays the gin in one and two, and you've got a new mm-hmm. actor in three and four i've i get the feeling and i don't know for certain but i 
feel like maybe the first two got cinema releases and then we were straight to that. Oh, wow. Rushmaster 2 on Rotten Tomatoes has 9%. Yeah, I don't think they... I don't think they... Um, Holy shit. I don't think they uh, they reviewed well at all. Uh, Wishmaster 3, 17%. Wishmaster 4, 23%. And Wishmaster 1, 20, 25 Apparently people didn't like the second one. Most so the second all. one is the worst one, apparently. Apparently... Yeah. apparently I mean, I've I do I've have seen the second one. I'm pretty sure. I don't think I've seen three or four. Um, well, we'll have to fit fit these in for sure because. But we will. We will I want to try and go over them. I want to get involved. I want to get involved <laughs> in the Wishmaster series because. I think I think the thing I've taken out of this the most is, he's a he's a new favorite of mine as a character in the in the world. It, I, think, I love yeah, I love it, him. He's an excellent character. I do like actually on IMDb if you look at Wishmaster. The more on the under the more like this section is obviously the sequels. Yeah. Um The Warlock movies, which I mentioned last week. Um Oh yes, you Hellraiser. did. Yeah. Hellraiser's on there. Leprechaun and Puppet Master. And I feel like Phantasm. And Pumpkinhead and Phantasm. And I feel like they're all sort of cult classics. Yeah, like for sure. It's at home in that, in that. Not maybe not everybody's favorite, but horror fans' favorites. You know what I mean? Because yep. horror fans, we've seen a lot of stuff. We've seen the the best of the best and the worst of the worst. And I think the Outwaters. <laughs> I think you're gonna get. You know, your, your average mainstream cinema goer is not gonna. Oh yeah, Wishmaster was brilliant, but I think that you'll get a fair few going. Oh, Wishmaster was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm glad you picked it, man. I really am. Yeah. Um, no, it I was the it nice... It, it just conveniently uh, capped off our... Uh, you know, after doing an awful episode last week. Not mm -hmm. the episode, the, the film. This this brought us back to a good level. And Yeah. I am really glad we did it. I really am. Yeah, a fun, too, It was definitely. a fun watch. Great talk. I mean, hell, we've been going for nearly two hours. <laughs> wow yeah it's good um, it doesn't feel like that did you have much more you wanted to say no I think I've covered pretty much pretty much all my notes and uh, yeah no I like I said I, I guess I'll say it again just I'm pleased that it stood the test of time in my memory because I was a little bit I've said a few times like going into this like oh I've got fond memories of it I've got fond memories of it and I was yeah. when I sat down to put it on I thought I really hope it does stand up to my memory of it and yeah i enjoy it immensely it's a bit cheesy and a bit naff in places oh yeah but yeah i you know it was great to watch it again i did thoroughly enjoy watching it i think that feeling of uh thinking back to a film like this and thinking oh it was amazing it was amazing and then is it it's kind of yeah. uh that blind nostalgia that a lot of people mm -hmm. get with video games you know sure. that that playstation one game or oh, that snares game was Oh, it was amazing. And then when they go back to play it, this is rubbish. This looks shit. Mm. This is hard. It's blind nostalgia because you remember it, how your memory remember your 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 brain saw it as a kid or whatever. Yeah. And when you saw it, then nothing looked better. Nothing played better. It was this was peak gaming, and now over time it's not. So you go back to play it, and it, uh, this this doesn't really hold up. This film, 
I could recommend this to people and go, you won't be scared, but it's great fun. Oh, yeah. Great effects. If you like cheesy 90s stuff, you'll love this. It's yeah, an easy sure. story to follow along. It's something different in the horror world. Get Check some it out. snacks. Put your feet it's up. Only an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a thumbs up. Uh, do you know what? If thumbs up. Back to rankings because we our waters didn't deserve it. <laughs> I would. I. I. I think this is a fair. For six, five point eight to six out of ten. Six out of six ten. Six point six, six out, out of ten. 10. I yeah, think this is, maybe a six, maybe a six point four. I'd go a little bit higher. I think maybe six point five. Yeah. I'll go with a six point five. Yeah, six point five yeah. out of ten. This is a good C plus B minus. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good one. Yeah. If it's on, it's one of those. If it's on TV. If you, yeah. if you, I mean, do people don't really do this anymore? But if you were surfing the channels, thinking, oh, surfing the channel, surfing the channel, if you surfing the web, <laughs> <laughs> if, but if you, you flick, you know, you, it's late night, you're flicking through, you're flicking through the TV channels, and you think, ah, oh, if there's nothing good on, them, and you happened across Wishmaster, yeah. you'd go, ah, oh, yeah, I'll watch. This. Yeah, I've not seen this Definitely. for a bit. I'll watch it. Definitely. Yes. It's worth a go. So that. Is Wishmaster, folks. Um, all around solid. Um, it's time to cap off May. To bookend May now, next mm. week. And we still don't know what we're going to do. We need to work this out. Right. Well, let's let's do it now. Pick, pick what are we one, do? Tom. Pick, pick the film. Pick the monster. Dracula. Let's start strong. Let's start with Dracula. Okay. Doc- Dr. Acula. You've heard it. Let's we're start on. with Dr. Doctor. Doctor. Doctor <laughs> Doctor Acula, and how's about you pick the one next, the one after, and I'll pick, and yeah. then we'll go back and forth. There, that's we go. how we'll do it. Fair enough. Yeah. So next week, uh, our brand new series on the Dreadcast, the Monsters of Universal, the classics. We will be going through uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight part series. So it's going to be going for a while, folks. So stay tuned. We're going to be looking at the classic monsters of Universal starting next week with Dracula, uh, Bella Lugosi's Dracula, uh, Todd Browning. I actually watched this not long ago. It's it's a great film. It's a I this is what you I have watched that one to be honest. Really, this, mm. this is when people go, "That's a classic." That's a classic. No, these are classics. These are ultimate classics in the horror world. These are original horror films. Yeah, yeah. The one I watched um, most recently was uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, that's. Did you did you know who played the creature? No. I'm gonna check this out because I I don't want to <laughs> spit back. I am near enough sure it's Ted White who played the original Jason. Oh really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm fairly certain his first role was the creature from Creature of the Black Lagoon. I'm going to confirm that now for you folks because I don't want <laughs> to look like a fool. And I'm probably wrong. Creature of the Black Lagoon. Here we go. 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 Um. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I can't see his name anywhere. No. Damn it. I think you're wrong, mate. Oh no! Where did? <laughs> I can cut this out. It's fine. 
it was uh, it was two actors, Alex. depending on whether it was on land or in. And neither were that name that you said, I unless it's a different version of the creature. Cutting this out. It was like a later Cut. version or something. Cutting this shit out. That's what I uh, uh, damn it, where did I get that information from? Because I'm gonna complain. Stick with the dreadcast, folks. Made up facts Stick with <laughs> for all your horror needs. <laughs> I, I'm right, I'm gonna find out, and next week we'll come back to where I found out that information, yeah, and how wrong I was. Anyway, next week, Dr. Akina Dracula, the original, um, Bella Lugosi Dracula. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Universal classic movie monster marathon. Yes, and you, sir, need to give me two films so I can I get June's schedule up and running. So stay yes. tuned for the Twitter and the Instagram, and we'll be posting June's schedule. Uh, the first film, actually, of June will be The Beyond. Uh, yeah. The second in the Gates of Hell trilogy after City of the Living Dead. So stay tuned for that. And, of course, part two in June of our Monster Universal. But we've got two, two films that Mr. Aiden here has to pick for his birthday treat. I'll tell you what, I'll give you one now. Oh, oh, because oh, we've been talking about doing this one for a bit. Ooh. And I think there's in the in the near future there's a a re release of this and a video game coming out related to this. Let's do Toxic Avenger. Oh very nice. Very nice. Let's do the Toxic Avenger, because yeah, we wanna I've been wanting to do some more trauma. Yep. And yeah, there is that. Down Toxic for that. Crusaders beat him up on the way, and Toxic getting a new 4K release. Yeah, fine with me, sir. Fine with me. And I that... will get to back to you with the other pick soon. Perfect. Too. No worries. Cool. Well, there you go. I've heard it for there, folks. So June's shaping up to be a good one. Um. Yep, check out the spot. Uh, check out the Spotify. Check out the Dreadcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Podbean, and YouTube. All by searching the Dreadcast. And again on the Twitter and Instagram, please do give it a follow. Yeah, give drop it. us a follow, like, share, let all your friends, family, neighbours know. Get yeah. us out there. And thank you everybody for listening, watching, and for big, those likes and shares and follows. Big thank you. Big thank you. Um. And I believe that's it. So until next time. Stay spooky, guys. Well done. Stay spooky.